Hi there. You're about to enjoy the Chronicles of Tom and Jamie. Hi everyone, I'm Kevin Mann. Hi guys, my name's Annabelle Knight. Hello, this is Becky Baldwin. Hello, I'm Chesney. Hey, what's up everyone? This is Brayden from Say We Can Fly. Hey, this is Dustin from Drawn to the Sky. I'm a songwriter, producer, and filmmaker, and you are listening to the Chronicles of Podcast with Tom and Jamie. Hello everybody, and welcome to the 117th edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. And these right here are the Chronicles of Drawn to the Sky. It is I, the bearded brummy Jamie, and joining me this week, as always, as always, this handsome fella right here. What, me? Oh, Jamie, you're far too kind for Scotsman Tom. And welcome to the Chronicles of Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this week we are joined by a wonderful singer, songwriter, producer, filmmaker, and one of the very few people who can still rock a tie-dye shirt and actually pull it off. To his friends and family, he's Dustin Gill. To his fans, he's known by another name. Boys and girls, ladies and them, join us as we bring you the chronicles of Drawn to the Sky. Appreciate that. Yeah, I think uh, I think the tie-dye shirts, I think they're coming back. You know, you're, I tried my best. Them back. Yeah. I think, well, <laughs> I tried my best, but yeah, I've, I've been, I've been rocking them for a while now. So, yeah, I think they're in like every music video. Uh, every music video I saw, you were definitely <laughs> right, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, pretty Absolutely much, yeah, slaying it. Just keep, just keep doing it. You know, you say it's coming back. It's because you're the pioneer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Appreciate that. You're leading the charge. Um, but how are you anyway, my friend? How are you doing? How's your morning been so far? Yeah, it's been pretty good. Um. Just went for a nice little hike around the hills here. It's Ooh. really beautiful. It's nice to get away from the winter in Minnesota. Um, yeah, it's been it's been amazing. How about you? Yeah. Oh, no, but I don't think anyone asks us. Um, yeah, good. <laughs> like, <laughs> Just curious. Um, no, it's all uh, very, it's been working all day. So nothing very exciting has been going on, on my end, Jay. Yeah, been at work all day. I've got a belly full of Chinese and I'm here. So oh, it's a good day. Awesome. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> But before we talk about what you do now, so take us back. We look, we always like to start this in by going back to the start, the days of young Master Gill, you can say. What did you want to be when you were growing up in your formative years? Has it always been music and entertainment, or was it, I don't know, a train driver? To be honest, I think I kind of like bring it back to, so my, my dad was construction worker, and um, so basically he would get his winters off, right? and um so i was like okay like you know i get my summers off in school at least in the u.s we do and then he got his winters off same with my mom she worked outside she had a she worked for like kind of like the dnr um mosquito control so she would like treat swamps and she would have the winters off and then i had the summers off so i was like okay so you know it's it's kind of cool you suck it up for a few months you're either working for you know nine months out of the year but then you get like this nice break in a season Cause that's how it worked in school. That's how it worked for my parents. So now my parents are separated um, as I'm like a, a, a young child and my stepdad comes into the picture and I see him going to work every single day. And I'm like, okay, like, what do you, like, when do you get off though? Like when's your like months to get off work? And he's like, no, I just work every single day. Like I, I don't get that. Like that's not normal. And I was like, are you serious? Like you just work every <laughs> single day for the rest of your life, basically. It's just off on the weekends. And I, I think it was like that moment where I was like, okay, like, I think I have to do something when I grow up that I like enjoy to do. 
because I just don't want to spend like every single day, you know, doing something I, I dislike and I, I hated school. So, I mean, I was like, if this is like, if this is like a preview of what's to come, like I, I better figure something out. So, I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, music was something I always gravitated towards, but at the same time, I, I was like an athlete in high school and I thought that might be something I want to pursue as well. Um, I, uh, I was like a discus and shot put thrower and track and, uh, I was pretty successful at it in high school, but yeah, once college came around, it was kind of like trying to figure out, you know, do I do the music thing or should I like pursue like fitness or I didn't really know exactly what to do, but, um, but yeah, ever since I was 11, I played guitar and something just called to me, like when I was in college and on like my third year of track, I just figured like, you know, like this isn't going to last forever. I'm not going to go to the Olympics. So, uh, yeah, I think it's time to like refocus what I want to do with my life. And yeah, I just, I just decided to go for it. And I quit track in college and graduated and then just flew out to LA and kind of the rest is history. So, yeah. This might be a really stupid question. How do you get good at like shot put and discus? Like how do you actually, cause obviously it's throwing a very heavy ball and throwing right. like a frisbee-ish type item while spinning. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, it, it comes down to just like, it's a little, it's definitely genetic because most of the good throwers have a little bit of like height to them. Like I'm six foot two. So that's like, that helps you have really long arms. It's just like biomechanics, you know, but, um, a lot of it is just like the weight room, you know, like I, I always had, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of speed. It's a little bit of strength coordination, all those things kind of combined, but it's kind of like a niche sport. So there's not a lot of people that get introduced to it. I feel, well, at least in the U S anyways. So if you're good, I think you can really capitalize on it because like, you know, most people don't find out about it until like they're already in high school and, they haven't had the time to like build up their skill, but a lot of it's like technique too, and just practicing years and years. But yeah, it's fun. I miss it. Honestly, it was, it was pretty fun just to chuck that thing as far as I can. <laughs> would you ever go back? Um, I, I would like do it. Well, now I've taken up disc golf. So that kind of like scratches the itch, but disc golf is completely different because a discus is like, I don't even know. I think it was like three or four pounds in college. But uh, like disc golf, you're talking like 175 grams. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I think I could, I would do it for fun maybe, but it's pretty rough on like the shoulders and whatnot. I mean, it's uh, like, you're literally in like the shot put is a bowling ball weight. So it's 16 pounds, just like tucked into your neck. It, it's, it's pretty rough on the body, but it was enjoyable when it lasted. Yeah. So you say you were good. Did I read somewhere that you broke a 40 year record in your school with discus? Yeah, the high school, high school record. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that was awesome. Like, it was just one of those, like, accomplishments. You know, I just, like, it was kind of one of my dreams, like, growing up. Because I knew that the record was somewhat within reach when I start first started playing. And, yeah, it was just one of those goals that I got to accomplish. And I think that's what propelled me to do it in college. Because it's like, oh, well, you broke a school record. Like, you should pursue this after high school. But, but at the same time, it's like, you know, how far is that going to go, right? Like, I don't know. But it was fun. It was it was really fun when it lasted for sure. They should make disc golf in the in the Olympics. That's the frisbee, the net. That's miles away, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like in a yeah. cage with chains. Yeah, that's it's it, so yeah. fun. Looks you guys awesome. Ever play? 
Now I've watched videos on Facebook and stuff that I've watched videos online. I've oh, gone, yeah. That looks like so much fun. But I'm it's one of those so people who probably, will, I probably wouldn't let go at the right time. So probably like swing off like this way or something. <laughs> right, yeah. No, I've, I've done that before. I've had, I've had it happen. But yeah, it's one of those things like I think I picked it, picked it up in the pandemic. And it just like, I think a lot of people did because like you just go to a park, you know, and do something. And I just love it. Yeah. Like I've been obsessed. I'm always posting it on my story. And yeah, it's, it's awesome. So. That's really, I've never even heard of it before, but I'm actually going to go look at it now because it sounds really fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it's awesome. It's awesome. But a, a question I like to ask all musicians we have on the show, where did this love for music come from? Especially the sort of music that you're playing now. Obviously, we all like music, but you need to really love music to decide to want to do it. Right. Yeah, I think it was probably because my, my dad just like played a lot of music in the car when I was growing up, like 80s music, the cars, Tom Petty. Prince, um, you know, everything, everything from like 70s and 80s, 90s. Um, I don't know. It's just like maybe it was with him. And because my parents were divorced, um, whenever I did get time with my dad, like it was really special because I, I would see him like, you know, every couple of weeks we would get a weekend together. And uh, I think maybe like associating it with that because it was like, oh, this is my time with my dad. I'm like really happy I get to see him. And like he's playing this music in the car and it like I like he really he's just a big fan of music. And I think maybe that's what like sparked it. But, uh, you know, I'm not sure. It's just one of those things that I always seem to just really love. Like I was kind of obsessed and I bought CDs and kind of hoarded music. And um, and then my best friend in school in third grade, he he had a brother who was like a virtuoso guitar player. His name's Trevor Weist. Shout out, Trevor. He sees this, but yeah, he's just like one of the best guitar players I've ever heard in my life. And I guess like going to his house and seeing him just like shredding like eruption by Van Halen, you know, at, a, at like 17 years old, I think I was like, wow, this is like, you can like do this. This is like insane. Like, I don't know. It's just, I guess it inspired me. And then, and then, yeah, I just got a guitar when I was 11 for Christmas and just kind of stuck with it, I guess. That's amazing. Was was there like a point or a moment where you went, I don't want to do this as a hobby anymore. I want this to be what I do, what I'm known for. Was there a point or did you sort of escalate over the years? Yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, I always had dreams. Like, I, I think every little kid, you know, they're like, I'm always like, every time I would listen to music, for some reason, I would like replace myself with the singer on stage in my head or like the guitar player. And I would see myself performing the music like when I was sitting in the car on a road trip or whatever, I was like, well, why do I keep seeing myself do it? And for whatever reason, I think that just like programmed my mind over time. Like I want to do this, you know, like for whatever reason, I was always shy, like, you know, always been super socially awkward. So the idea of singing in front of people, like just absolutely terrified me. So I never really pursued it like seriously, you know, it was just kind of like one of those like dreams. And then, yeah, I think it was when I was in college, I just realized like, you know what like I actually have to decide what I want to do and you know music was always like a dream but you know everyone tells you like oh, you can't actually make a living doing it it's like one in a million chance I this is kind of back before like social media and stuff so there wasn't even really that much of an outlet for independent artists at the time I don't think besides like MySpace but yeah I think it's just one of those things I decided like 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 going back to what I was saying earlier if I'm going to do something every day for the rest of my life I, I just want to something I genuinely enjoy to do and I just loved music. So I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to do it. So yeah, I don't know. 
No, it's, it's great. I mean, you've got your style is quite like an amalgamation of loads of different genres smashed into one. So, I mean, I got some EDM vibes, bit of R&B, bit of pop punk, bit of acoustic, bit of emo, bit of, you know, that sort of thing. And it's like, this is me. Who, where did the influence come? Like, who influenced you when you were growing up? What were you listening to more? I think the, kind of like that hardcore, post-hardcore phase in like the late 2000s, bands like, what can I think of? Like, As I Lay Dying. Oh. Uh, and then like the softer bands, like Sleeping With Sirens and Pierce the Veil. And uh, yeah, over time, like I just like a lot of a lot of metal music is really what got me into it. And then like Ozzy Osbourne, when I was a little kid, like, you know, Randy Rhodes shredding guitar solos like on Crazy Train or whatever. And it's just like all the things between the 80s music for my dad and then like the metal and emo music I listened to in high school. Because I always wanted to form a, or I always wanted to be in a metal band, but I'm from a town of a few thousand people, like three, three, four thousand people. So there just wasn't enough people to like form a band in high school that of music I wanted to play. So it was one of those things where I was like, well, I guess I'll just do stuff on my own. You know? But uh, yeah, I, I think it's the emo music from high school and then the 80s music from my dad that kind of blend like the guitar solos and that kind of thing. And then kind of just blended into the modern pop and hip hop scene we've all been exposed to in the past, you know, 10, 15 years which, you know, I was always like a big Eminem fan and stuff. So it just kind of, yeah, I, I guess I'm just like a product of all that stuff, which it seems like a lot of people, um, I mean, nowadays you see a lot of people just kind of blending all these like old genres and like mid 2000s. And it's kind of just, I guess that's kind of always how it's been, right? It's it's great though, because you, you know, like a lot of the bands that you love, are influenced by all different genres and then they're right. inspiring other people but all these different genres it's it's right. amazing how all these different genres mix together like i was listening to mm-hmm. pretty little liars earlier and i was like and then just like shredding guitar solo comes out of nowhere and i was like did not expect this right. this is fantastic <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I love right, that yeah. it's a complete surprise when you listen to music like that yeah no i agree it is kind of crazy how everyone's like influencing the next generation of artists or whatever and it's like no one's like truly original so to speak you know because i mean i'm you could make a case like people probably made bigger leaps than other others but it is kind of wild to think about like we started at this you know tribal banging around on like drums you know made from like animal skins and then all of a sudden somehow it just transformed into like you know hyper pop or like electronic music it's just kind of wild how it all every you know every single thing just like kind of domino effects to the next it's amazing but did you take lessons to learn to do what you do or you self-taught because you do everything for your music and that you produce it mix Mm -hmm. it literally everything yeah no i i so i with guitar i did take lessons as a kid but a lot of times I, i used to get these magazines called guitar world for anyone who knows like the it was just like a little like it was just a dream to like get that magazine every single month and there was actually a disc inside so you'd get like a disc and you could like you put it in your computer and basically you would get lessons on this disc and then you would have like there's this little sample at the end or there's this like little section called bet you can't play this and it was always like this crazy like sweet picking tapping like insane lick that was like oh my gosh this is amazing and uh, but the whole catch is like, oh, I bet you can't play this. Like, I bet you can't learn this riff or whatever. And I would always like learn those every single week because 
I mean, it was just like, it was so cool. I, I mean, that was kind of the gimmick of it. Like, you know, pretending as if like, oh, I bet you can't learn this on your own or whatever. But yeah, like doing those every week, I think helped. And then um, eventually, yeah, when I was like in seventh grade, I played Eruption uh, by Van Halen at the talent show. And that kind of like, and I got like a reaction from that. And I was like, wow, like people enjoy this. Like people, I guess like that kind of comes back to like why I started is people really enjoyed the talent show. And I, when you're like a, a middle schooler and all the girls are hitting you up afterwards and just like, you're like, whoa, like what happened? <laughs> like I was, I, I was like a loser before and now everyone's just like, you know, focus on this thing. But um, anyways, yeah. So I think, so yeah, just pretty much self-taught for the most part, but you know, like using the internet and I also got some like audio production training in college actually. So that was really helpful. But yeah, for the most part, just like learning on YouTube. Um, but yeah, I did have a great like mentor in college who actually, he was like signed by a major label uh, back in the day. I think it was with the band Holiday. I'm not sure. Um, I think that was it. And uh, yeah, he's just a great, great songwriter. His name's uh, Dr. Olson. Uh, and yeah, he was an incredible, incredible like mentor to me and like teaching me audio production and um just engineering audio engineering so that's kind of like as far as the side of like making the music happen and like putting it out there he was like that person for me but as far as like all like the songwriting and or like more of the guitar stuff you know that a lot of that was self-taught so that's a lot i always get an absolutely admired by people self-talk self-talk i'm like if i was to pick a guitar up and go right let's play this i'm like I don't know what I'm doing. Just put it down and walk away. <laughs> so... right, yeah. It's actually really painful to start playing guitar. It like kills your wrists. Yeah. But where, where did one the name... Things you gotta get over. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just saying it's one of those things. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's one of those things like when you, like a lot of people want to play guitar, but they got to realize like it's going to like physically hurt them for a solid few months. Your fingers are just going to be like suffering your wrists. But yeah, once you get over that hill, though, it's like, then everything kind of flows. Where did the name Drawn to the Sky come from? Uh, well, I have it tattooed on my forearm here. You can't really see it. It's like on this cross. But anyways, like, um, I have no idea, to be honest. I think it was one of those just like, oh, this sounds cool when I'm in ninth grade. And like, <laughs> I, I released a little, I released a little, um, guitar instrumental project in I think it was ninth grade and I just like was I like made CDs and I was handing them out to people in high school and I just called it called it drawn to the sky and for whatever reason I mean I've always had like a fascination with like space um I lived out in like a really rural area in Minnesota so our stars were just like unbelievable you know you would see everything like you could it, the Milky Way was like you know you get detail in it like it was just that incredible and uh, so I've always been like, you know, very fascinated by the sky and like, like nebulas and all of those crazy things, like with the Hubble telescope. I remember they had the Hubble telescope books, like at Barnes and Noble and stuff. And I was always just like flipping through those. Like I was just obsessed with it. But I think that's part of it. It's like um, the, my fascination with that, I guess, kind of like led to the name when I made that funny little project in ninth grade. But then it just kind of stuck. You know, I just kept using it. Just like a one-man band name, I guess. A lot of people were doing that in the, you know, two thousands or whatever. So, it, it, but it really fits the style of music as well. I think. Do you not? Do you ever get that? Do you ever find that artist band names always seem to fit the style of music that they are? 
Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it makes sense. You know, it's like they see their artist name is like the pinnacle, like that's their foundation of like art is like what they can come up with as a name. So it kind of like shapes, it's kind of like an identity that they set a little bit in some sense. Yeah. Did you ever have anything before? Oh, uh, no, I, I was in some bands. Uh, I was in some like cover bands in high school. Um, but yeah, that was that was my only other that's my only solo project. Um, but yeah, no, that's fair. And just quickly go back to the whole space thing. Would you go if you could? Into space, the space. Oh, you know, I'm not sure. Maybe if they had like UFO technology, which they might. We don't know. Uh, I'm pretty <laughs> convinced they do, actually. But um, I think if, yeah, I think with the current, you know, like rocketry and stuff, I'm not sure about that. I'm not so sure. I think I just, I'm not like a big adrenaline junkie. And I, I like if there was a guaranteed, you know, 100%, you know, chance that it would go perfectly smoothly. Yeah, I think I would. I think I would take like the, you know, the crazy trip up. But uh, yeah, I, I'm just not a big risk taker in that sense. <laughs> So. No, that's fair. I did, the weird thing is, you always see takeoffs, you never see landings. So I'm right. always, I'm always curious as to how they actually get back. <laughs> right. Yeah, and like those pods that detach, and then they just like parachute down. I don't know. It's it's crazy. Yeah, you never see them. So I'm always wonder. I always wonder how is it like horrific until you get back in the atmosphere, <laughs> then pull the you know the parachute, or whatever. <laughs> And what if the parachute doesn't come out and they're just hurtling? Like, it doesn't, I, I see what you mean. It doesn't appeal, does it? <laughs> no, I mean, and just like space too, I feel like it's just such a dead, I mean, I don't know. I guess I, I haven't experienced it. But yeah, it's just like the idea of it's, like I said, if we get like a saucer or something that's like anti-gravity, like perfectly protected, like I'll, I'll take that up for sure. But I'm not taking a rocket, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but going back to the music, obviously, lyrics-wise, then are the lyrics quite personal to you, or they do you make them stories, or how? What exactly? Where does inspiration come from for them? Yeah, I think a lot of my lyrics come back from like high school years. That's where I was like <clears throat> dealing with the most like emotional turbulence and stuff. And I definitely like write songs about current current day like events and how I'm feeling. But yeah, I would say it's it's a blend of stories and then a blend of personal experience. And they just kind of leave, you know, leave it up for interpretation of what songs are which, I guess. But it is kind of funny, like seeing some people react to the songs and they're like, oh, that's about that one girl or whatever. And I'm just like, you don't even know, like you have no idea. <laughs> but it's just funny to see people like, you know, back in high school be like, oh, this is that or this is that. But like literally a lot of it is like. A lot of it is like creating like a narrative that's like just that either I had like a dream about it or just like a lingering emotion that I felt. So yeah, it's, it's kind of all over the place for sure. I'd say. Okay. Do you have moments where like the most inappropriate moments where you think of titles or you think of lyrics, like in the shower or when you're asleep at 3am you wake up and go, I need to write that down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, was just, I was just talking about that with a friend last night. Like you wake up with a melody in your head and you're so tired and you're like, Oh, how am I going to like, record this so you like go to find your phone you're like you're literally just sitting there like you click record and you're like you hum the melody and then you like fall back asleep and then the next morning it's just like you don't all you hear is just like a muffled chewbacca nonsense and you're like what in the fuck was that 
but you like when you when i when you wake up you're like oh my gosh like this is the new like yesterday by the beatles right here but it's just not it's just not so yeah it's pretty funny but it's i've definitely had those moments actually recently this is actually kind of embarrassing to share but recently i had a really crazy idea in my head and i was in like a public restroom and uh I was like, well, if once I go back outside, like it's so loud, you're not going to be able to record it. So I'm like recording. I'm like, I'm like humming this random thing. And like, I'm kind of like in this urinal stall still <laughs> as I'm doing it. Cause it's busy. And it's just like, it, it's yeah. The background noise is just hilarious. You can, you can fill in the blanks. That's, that's but, phenomenal. I love yeah. that. I'd love it. I love if you actually wrote that song and you put those in. <laughs> I, I am planning on recording that one. This week, I'm not joking. That specific <laughs> one, actually. I'd love to. So, I'm not going to put the name of the song out there. I don't want people to, you know, <laughs> connect the dots down the road, but we'll see what happens. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Did I did I read somewhere that at one point you were recording your music in a minivan that you turned into a studio or something? Right, yeah. Yeah, so when I first lived in L.A., um i was in a really really small apartment in santa monica and it was i mean the walls were paper thin so you know it's like finding a time to record in those in that apartment was like very challenging plus there was no way of like soundproofing anything um it was like very reverby and like springy in the apartment and i was like i just don't know what to do and then one time i got a sound complaint or a noise complaint at I think it was around like 2 p.m. in the afternoon. And I was like, I wasn't really singing that loud, I didn't think. Um, and it was just like, well, what am I going to do? Like, I can't even, I feel like I just don't have the option to record. So because of that, I was like, well, I, I just started like Googling things like, okay, like makeshift record studios. Like I was thinking maybe I'll like ship in a container and like build a, a isolated vocal booth. But at the same time, I had like $5 in my bank account. So I was like, well, that's not going to work. So then I was like, well, what else could, what else do people do? And this is back in uh, 2018. So I found out that you can record in your vehicle and it's actually a very like soundproofed, you know, space. Like there's like, if you like snap, you're not going to hear a lot of reverb. So it's actually a perfect space to record. But the only thing is like my vehicle didn't have any AC in it. Oh, and no. the beating sun of LA is absolutely brutal in a vehicle out in the parking lot. So I would go into my van, close the doors, soundproof everything, get it set up. I would like record for like five seconds or not five seconds, like a section, you know, maybe like 30 seconds second. And then I would open the door and just let the breeze come in. Cause I would just be like ready to pass out because it was so hot in that van. So it was kind of like a hilarious situation. Like looking back at it, if anyone would have saw what I was doing, it was just been like, I mean, what is it like? It literally, there was people like on the balcony in the other apartments, just seeing me like every like two minutes, like <laughs> open the door and just like gasp for air out the out the side of the door, just like sweating down my face with headphones on. And it's just like I I really want to know what was going through their minds of like what they're witnessing. Um, we'll never know, I guess, but yeah. It was that was a that was a good time for sure. But eventually, you know, once I once I moved out of L.A. Well, actually, I met a friend who had a, a really nice condo in Koreatown, 
and he actually let me record in his studio. And then in exchange, I like did some mixing and production work for him. So that was really cool. So that, that ended those days. And actually one of my most, most popular songs, uh, she once whispered love in my ear. That one I recorded in my minivan in like the parking garage of universal music, which is like one of the major labels. I just thought there was like a, it's like a metaphor in there. I don't know. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> like above me is like this major label with like, you know, all this money and like funding an artist. And I'm in like the basement level, like in a minivan tracking a little song. Like it's just, it's hilarious. That is dedication to but, your craft. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Massively. Right. Fair. Yeah. It was, it was a, it was a fun, fun time. <laughs> how how do you come to structure your songs then i take it it's you find beats first or is it a, a riff first? like how because obviously you're so eclectic so different like what how do you how do you structure them right yeah a lot of times it's just like playing guitar and then i'll just like record that you know like play a little riff i just click voice memo record on my phone and then i'll be like okay i got a melody and i got a guitar riff and then i'll like start the guitar riff in logic and then i'll just build out the song from there there is a couple times I've used other producers. It's not too often. And that's actually the easiest because you can just find a beat you really enjoy. And then you can just start like writing over that. And that's really nice because it's already kind of built in and you kind of get this new inspiration because it's from somebody else. And it's actually a little bit more difficult to produce your, like it's definitely more difficult to produce your own stuff because you're trying to have a million good, like you're trying to have like four or five really good ideas with the beat, you know, all the elements of the beat, that's like, you know, two, three, four, five, six good ideas. And then you got to have like a really good melody, but it's nice if someone else, like, just is like, here's like, like a great instrumental that's already built out and it's kind of unique and it's inspiring. And then you can kind of build on that. But yeah, a lot of the time it's really just building the instrumental from scratch first and then kind of taking a stab at it from there. Can you get to points where, um you've got whatever you're putting you're building up and stuff and then go actually i don't really quite like that is there's a point where you could like overdo it almost right oh for sure yeah. yeah yeah i think like um yeah a lot of it's like stripping things away too like in the mixing process i'm like really just going through the track and i'm trying to like take away a lot of stuff that i added because like the more you add to a mix it actually kind of like makes it smaller in a weird way in audio where it's like the less elements you actually have in your mix and in your song, like if you just have a guitar and maybe two guitars and a voice, and then maybe like one small percussion, that's going to be a much larger sounding like orchestration, not orchestration, but a much larger sound sounding song in like the context, like sonically, than if you had like a million different elements, because everything has less and less space as you add more elements in. So yeah, I think it's a lot of times just like stripping things down and simplifying as much as you can. But it's hard to do that too because you want to have all these fun different things happening at <laughs> once and depending on what you're trying to make. But yeah. You do like the music first and then write lyrics for the music or have you got like a book of lyrics and then you'll fit <clears throat> into a song sort of thing? Yeah, I usually go with the melodies first because the, the lyrics for me, it's like I was talking about this with a friend last night. I think some people, they, they kind of can just channel like the idea of the song into the all kind of at once, like the lyrics and the melodies kind of come out all at one time. But for me, for whatever reason, I'm like only tapping into like 
a quarter of the picture, which is like the vocal melodies. So like I can like, I always like just imagine when you're songwriting, you're just kind of like, you're like tapping into like some other space, like either your subconscious, some other weird dimension, like you're bringing something from somewhere that's not here right now. And you're like pulling it into like reality. And I feel like some people can just pull everything at once. Like it kind of just like comes rushing in. For me personally, I just, I get like these ideas for like vocal melodies. So I get the melody and the music kind of coming in, but what it's supposed to mean and what the lyrics actually are supposed to say, I feel like that's, that's a really challenging part for me. So I kind of have to like interpret my idea after the fact to put lyrics to it. It's like, what was I, what was that idea like trying to convey emotion wise? Mm. And then it's really just like filling in the blanks afterwards. I love it. It's, it's amazing for someone who isn't musical, like myself, I'm fucking tone deaf, like, <laughs> but loves music. It's amazing to find out <clears throat> all the processes that go behind into each and every song that you hear and how much like passion and thought goes into it. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah, it's, it is a lot. Like I, I really respect a lot of musicians for just how much time, cause I know how much time it like goes into it. And, you know, so I, I have friends of mine who can make a song in like three hours and I'm just like, you know, hats off to you. Like, that's amazing for me. I, I mean, I probably, actually, I know some people could probably even do it less than that, but for me, it's literally, it's brutal. It's like <clears throat> solid 30, 40 hours just to finish a song. So I actually have a songwriting course that I made and I think, and so what I did in the course is I literally started from complete scratch. I was like, this will actually be a good test to like see how long it truly takes me to make a song. Cause I, I never really like tracked it, but mm -hmm. the course is, <clears throat> I think it was 26 hours of raw video. So that's kind of how long it took. So 26 hours. And that was for pretty, pretty little lies. And I mean, most people would probably hear that song and be like, yeah, he probably made that in like, you know, a couple hours in his bedroom or whatever. But no, it was 26 hours of just like, I mean, a lot of it, I was over explaining like the steps in the course, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's how long it takes me. And I, I'm trying to get that down for sure. Cause it is brutal to put out like, you know, 12 to 20 songs a year. If you're taking like, Oh, an entire week work just to make one song. Um, so I'm trying to get that down, I'm trying to improve my workflow as much as I can, but it's a lot of nitty gritty details that it's just like, I obsess over and that's probably part of it. So. Yeah, I think that a lot of you, you can see, you can hear how the love and the passion go into it. I think if people produce songs rapidly, I don't think that, I, this is just personally as a listener, I don't think that you'll get the sort of quality that you would expect from it because it's gone, bum, 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 there you go, cheers, see you later. Whereas if you're taking that time and you're like working on it, you're like, God, it's taking me hours, but I want to make sure it's beautiful and it's sweet and it's, you know, uh, pitch perfect sort of thing. So I think that's actually a good right. thing in a way. Yeah, probably. And I think maybe if if the artist is like an incredible singer, right? Like they just have the voice of an angel. It's probably possible that they they do a few takes and if they like cha if they channel that emotion properly, they can probably do like a really nice take um in not a lot of time. And I think for for someone who's like an over perfectionist or you know, is less confident in their like voice and stuff. I think it, it just takes, you know, it just takes more repetition, but I do agree with you. Like, I, I think it's always best to, you know, put your, put quality before quantity in that sense. And yeah, there's definitely artists that 
I, I know they like pump out like a couple songs a day and you can definitely tell, you know, it's like, yeah. you can kind of tell like, yeah, like I, I can see that. Cause you just kind of slapped auto tune on your vocals and then just like had like a cool beat that someone else made. And that's fine. Like if you can make it sound incredible, but <clears throat> yeah, to like do like a full thing self-produced from beginning to end and the vocals and the writing. Yeah. I think it's just gonna, it's going to take a little longer and sometimes you definitely can get like a, more authentic product out of that thing yeah 100 percent. and mm -hmm. you mentioned pretty little lies obviously that was the that's the latest single uh that came out in august last year and i was gonna ask about if you had anything new coming out and then you literally announced like i think 40 minutes before this that twilight's right, eternal yeah. lament's coming out on february the first <laughs> right yeah yeah and i yeah i just uh i posted another video about that yeah so that's that's coming next thursday and that's a that's a really fun song because I actually wrote the beat for that, or I made the beat for a different artist when I was in LA back in 2019. So that song's over five years; it's almost five years old as far as the beat. Um, and it was for an artist named Convolk. Uh, he's a Russian American artist, uh, emo rap kind of you know similar, I guess whatever you want to call it. And uh, yeah, I just love his stuff, and he just reached out to me one time and. I sent him a, a couple of beats that I made for him and uh, he's like, yeah, these are great. Like, uh, you know, he never ended up using them. So I was like, you know what? Like, I wonder if I can like go back and like use one of those instrumentals that I made. Cause I always, I really liked the one that um, I sent him that I'm, I'm using. So yeah, I just decided <clears throat> when I was making my studio class, I think I was like on hour, like 30, it was maybe like th I, I edited for 30 hours straight. One of the days for my, editing my class down and uh it was like 4 a.m and i was like you know i was starting to like almost like almost hallucinate a little bit from sleep <laughs> depravity and i was like i need to take a break so like i just took a break and i was like for whatever reason i um i just turned on that song that beat randomly and i just started kind of like riffing over it and i think because i was so sleep deprived my mind was like you know maybe tapped into like the dream state a little bit and I think that's kind of what like led to some of like the melodies and like the emotion coming out of it. So it's kind of a cool song and I call it Twilight's Eternal Lament. Like I was basically, you know, writing, like I was editing that class and it was like this, I mean, it's metaphorically, it was like just this long, like horrible process. Cause I think the video editing took me, I, I want to say I spent like a hundred hours straight doing the video editing for the course. Cause it was 26 hours of raw footage. So I think it was between 100 and 200 hours of video editing. Wow. And I was like, and it was just constant every day, all day long. And I remember like before it was due to studio.com, they were the host company for it. They're like, yeah, we need this class. Like we, you need to deliver it. And I was like, okay, well I have like 12 hours of editing to do and it's due in 12 hours. So I, or whatever it was, I don't remember. I, all I remember is there was one day where I edited from like noon to 7 p.m. the next day so oh it was like whatever hours that is and that's when i wrote the song in the middle of that session so i don't know it's kind of funny like how it was created i guess but yeah it's just like a random with the editing process if it took you that long surely there's gonna be a point where it won't get sloppy necessarily because but it, where like your <laughs> concentration's gonna obviously dip and go because you've been there for so long that totally yeah, the, the quality maybe won't be there when you, do you know what I mean, further down the line? Because obviously the first thing is like, yeah, boom, yeah, perfect. Yes, it's great, loving it. And obviously as the day goes on, you start to go like, wither. <laughs> uh, right. 
Yeah, I think the course ended up turning out pretty good. Uh, what I was doing was very um, tedious. It was a very like non-creative process. I was basically taking the audio from my course, automating out different like spikes in volume because I had one of those like lab mics on. There's a lot oh, yeah. of moments where I was like hitting stuff and and all of the filters I was using for like, you know, crushing or uh, basically like the noise gates I was trying to use in DaVinci Resolve, the editing software. It just wasn't working properly. So I had to automate all of the volume of like 26 hours of audio. And then I had to put that with the video and splice it all up. So it wasn't like a, an extremely creative task for that 200 hours. It was just like switching between, you know, screen and camera. And, uh, but I think the course turned out great. And I mean, yeah, Pretty Little Lies was a product of that course. So it, I just wrote it live on camera. For anyone who does want to check it out, like, you know, it's, you just get like a look basically into my process from like the absolute beginning to the absolute end. Um, so I, I don't know. I think it's unique and, but, and yeah, it's kind of funny that that song grew out of that process to the eternal twilight or twilight's eternal lament. So it's kind of funny. Yeah. Pretty lies the tune, by the way. Absolutely. I literally struggled to pick like favorites because I enjoyed everything I heard. <laughs> so um, I, Oh, uh, that's right. I'm 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 not going to try and suck your dick too much because you're here, but I'll uh, just just reel a few off. Um, okay. Blood and the Starlight, I absolutely loved. Uh, Dear Rose, I'm haunted. Uh, she wants whispered love in my ear, which you mentioned earlier. Pretty Little Lies, uh, Dagger yeah. Like a Crescent Moon, and her mm-hmm. Shadow in September with Vance is absolutely awesome as well. Thank you. So yeah, yeah. No, that, that was an awesome. Appreciate that. Just, no, not at all. I was literally because I was just going through. I just had your YouTube on while I was writing away, and I was just like, "That's fucking mm-hmm. great." So I'd be writing more questions, and I'd go back and go, "Oh, that's great." But yeah, so I went back and then added. <laughs> nice, thank you. Um, yeah, no worries. But would you make an album? Yeah, I mean, I would love to do it. I think it's one of those things where you almost—I don't know. It's, it's. I feel like I'm waiting until there's like a, 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 a big purpose to do it. Like right now I, I am working on another EP. Um, but yeah, it's like today's day and age, you know, making an album. Like I think it's important for people who are already listening to your music to make an album. Cause then you can give them this like collection of songs and they're already like, you know, listening to your music. But at the same time, sometimes you're like, you know, you'll release an album, you know, um, and a lot of songs will just get like absolutely no traction. And it's, it's, it, the thing is, is like, you shouldn't like think about like, you know, streams, it should be just the art. And I think it's that an album is in that space where it's like, you're just focusing on the art, but then there's the other side of you. That's like, well, I want all these songs to get like the recognition they deserve and the love they deserve. And I think with like the modern day algorithms and how like Spotify works, attention spans, different things like that. Albums are just tougher. Right. Um, but I, I really would love to do it. And, and I, I need to, I think once I'm in a space where I feel like I'm at like, I really, really, really am proud of like my craft at the time. And I'm like really ready to, and I find a certain sound or a certain like inspiration to like build a whole album around that. I think I'll do it, but yeah, I'm just kind of waiting for that time. But right now it seems like, yeah, kind of like releasing like shorter EPs and then singles is just kind of, my callings so far still but uh, 
I think what what you said with, with attention spans stuff is that you're so true. The Spotify generation now is right. they'll listen to something and go, "That was amazing. What's next?" Right. And you're like, "Well, I'm gonna." That took me weeks, months to make, years even. Right. And you know right. they've smashed it in forty minutes and gone, "Cool, next." Right. Yeah, exactly. And like, I even this last EP I put out, I think one of my last songs, "A Girl Made of Emeralds," because it was on the EP only and it didn't get released in like the Spotify single algorithm. I mean, it, it just got absolutely like, just completely like slept on entirely. Not not saying like, oh, it should have got a ton of streams, but the stream ratio was so much lower compared to like all my singles that I was like, I can't even imagine like having an album and like having that yeah. happen. And the same with, yeah, I think there was two songs on the last EP that were released only as part of the EP. And it was tough, you know, it was just tough to see them get like no, no traction, but you know, like people loved, like I got a lot of good feedback from them, from people who are already listening. So yeah, you're right. It's just like, I think if you like, maybe if you sign like a major label deal and uh, they're willing to kind of promote the album a little bit and like give you some support behind the album, then I yeah. think, it, yeah, it definitely makes sense to do that. But as an, as an independent artist, uh, you just got to make the decision whether or not you want to kind of take the risk of like putting out all those songs and maybe potentially like no one really finding them. Um, but I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I, I go back and forth about it, but yeah. I love, I love the fact there's more to what you do than just the music. You have an incredible eye for video production. Your music videos, for example, Fuck me, they're better than like half the videos that the bigger bands are putting out. And I'm not just saying that you're here. They are stunning to look at. What Thank made you. you want to start exploring that world as well as the music? Yeah, I think that came down to, um, well, I feel like everything kind of comes down to like money and being like, well, can I afford to make like a full-fledged music video and pay somebody? And um just not having the resources like earlier on, it just, it came to the point where I was like, well, I gotta, I gotta do this by myself. And I think I was inspired by other artists that were very like self-reliant and very, like they kind of did everything themselves. And I saw that in a few artists that I really looked up to. And I said, you know what, I can do this too. Like maybe I can just buy a cinema camera and look up, you know, endless YouTube videos on cinematography. And maybe I can like actually create like something that looks good. And, you know, the first few videos I did myself were, you know, you know, they're, they're, they're like, I don't even know what you want to call them, but you can tell, like, you can just tell that they were just like, okay, it's, it's something, it's some visual thing that you added to your music. But now like these past couple of years, I've really started to actually just like fall in love with the process of, you know, writing a video and like shooting it and color grading it, editing it, everything. Um, it just kind of came about, it came up like, yeah, it just arised out of necessity, I guess. So needing to film my own stuff because I couldn't afford to pay people and then kind of falling in love with it because I never was exposed to filmmaking in the past. And uh, yeah, I just like, I, I have a lot of fun, you know, shooting and color grading those videos. And yeah, I guess it kind of just became like a, a new hobby to follow too, so. And like I said, they are absolutely stunning. So clearly you you now know what you're doing very well. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I have a great cinematographer that helps me out as well. His name's Josh Kloster. And uh, 
yeah, he, so I actually go back. Yeah. He, he originally was the first person to help me with like a professional style music video. And, um, I've learned a lot from him too. And he, he is usually there on set with me to like guide me through my ideas. And I'm like, okay, this is my idea. And he kind of guides me through. So I've learned so much from him too. And that's kind of a big part of it. So, you know, I want to definitely like shout out him because he's a big part of those music videos for sure. Speaking of video production, we do need to talk about a project you're working on at the moment with our good friend, just to say we can fly, Braden Barrow. Before we talk about the project, though, how did you meet Braden and end up working with him? Because you've done quite a few things in the line. Yeah, so it was kind of random. You know, I I found his music back in, um, I think it was 2014. And uh, I think I was literally Googling, like, who's playing Warp Tour this year? Um in the States. And yeah, I just found him like in the acoustic tent section on the website. And I was like, Oh, this guy looks cool. So I like looked up his music and I think I found the art of anesthesia or uh, maybe it was between the roses. And uh, I just fell in love and I was like, Holy shit, like this guy's fucking insane. And uh, so I, I followed his music for a number of years and then, yeah, we just connected on social media eventually. I don't, I don't remember how it all happened, but yeah, one day he was leaving for tour and, we just happened to be in the same city and he just hit me up. He's like, Hey, you want to hang out like today? I'm like, I have a flight tomorrow morning or whatever. And I was like, sure. So yeah, I just met up with him and uh, yeah, we played a game of mini golf and I absolutely destroyed him and the rest <laughs> is history. So I actually don't know. I, I don't even think we were keeping track, but no, it was, yeah, it was, I just kind of happenstance through over the years, I guess. Don't be humble. You kicked his ass. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he actually uh, wanted me to ask a question so uh, he wanted to know uh, when did you know that you wanted to be a greasy rubber farmer oh <laughs> okay that's a that's a good one um, <laughs> well I don't know if I had a choice we'll put it that way no I'm joking no yeah so yeah we just got we wrapped up finished finishing hedge mill uh that was in october and uh yeah i did play the farmer so when you guys when everyone sees it just just know that i'm in that mask and overalls and i got a nice hunch to my back um yeah that was a that was a greasy shoot for sure that that mask <laughs> is very hot so and we were also rubbing some like stuff on the face too to give it like an oil texture and whatnot uh so yeah he, he's pretty accurate with that but i <laughs> Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. I, I did play a lot of the creatures in this uh, um, two films that we've made so far. I guess you could call them short films, but they're really a part of this anthology that we're working on. So it's pretty funny. That's that's what I was going to bring up. I was going to say, obviously, before I was talking about Farlight, like this mm -hmm. thing looks incredible from the videos that have been played so far. Yeah, what is thanks. what what is far life people who aren't aware really what it is is it's this town and uh basically everything i guess yeah just not not giving too much away or anything it's basically just it's an anthology of multiple stories around this town that just has these crazy things happen right like um you could almost call it it's kind of similar to like dairy um from like it you know, Stephen mm. King's it. Um, it's it just for whatever reason things happen in this town of Farlight, and yeah, it's a collection of stories um, that Braden has written 
And uh, yeah, I kind of came along with the project uh, when he was filming his first, he was about to film his first um, story, Old Dog. And uh, I just happened to open for him uh, at a Minnesota show. And I, I just like told him, I was like, hey, you know, if, if you want um, any help with your production, like, you know, I've been doing a lot of like cinematography, video stuff myself the past few years. You know, I'd love to be a part of it just for like the experience, you know, for free. And uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, we'll keep in touch. And then, um, yeah, he actually planned on filming it in Canada, I believe. And then um, we just got, it, it got to some point where he realized like the financials just made a lot more sense um, if he did film it in the U.S. So uh, yeah, we, we just kind of, he, he hit, once he hit me up to hang out that one day and we played mini golf, um, I think when he was on tour, he just like asked, he was like, Hey, do you just, you just want to do old dog, just me and you, and we'll figure out like the team and shoot it ourselves. And I was like, absolutely. That'd be incredible. So yeah, it just kind of happened um, randomly, so to speak from my perspective. Right. But it was really just kind of, I think him figuring out the logistics and uh, I guess like he had seen some of my stuff and uh, thought it looked, you know, decent and was like, yeah, I think we should partner on it. So yeah. And then eventually we just decided like, to form a production company, uh, Amber Forest Pictures. And yeah, I've just been kind of talking about future projects and obviously we still got to finish Farlight. It's a big process in itself, but yeah, it's been going well. I, I cannot wait to see it. Like just the teasers and things like that. Mm -hmm. It looks phenomenal. Yeah. I cannot wait to see it. You, you mentioned there you're working like, on another project. I saw something called Sparrow and Her Bones. Is that something else you guys are working on? Oh, that's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like a tentative. That's another script that Braden has written. I think it was his like first feature film he ever wrote. Um, so that's kind of like, yeah, it's sort of like a tentative, like we'll see like if that's the ne next film we might work on. So that's kind of like a future thing, but yeah, that is Braden's project. So. so just going back to follow, sorry, I meant to say, you're saying you're involved, you do the monster stuff like that. What else are you doing on the movie? Are you just acting in it or are you doing other things? Well, I think a lot of it is maybe like preparation stuff, like me and him talk about kind of the script and how we're going to execute certain shots. Um, I guess, yeah, just kind of because there's so few of us, we're kind of all taking like an executive position of like, <laughs> like directing, creative, lighting, everything. Um, and my, my cinematographer, Josh Kloster, he actually has been coming on set to do like the lighting. He Basically all of the onset, like, okay, this is your guy's vision. I'm going to help you execute that with these lighting techniques. He sets everything up genius with all that kind of stuff. And he just makes it look like really, really good. And we kind of, we, we all kind of have like an idea of what we want and he's just sort of the expert on set. Right. So that's kind of what we've been, that's kind of how we've been doing it. It's just like the three of us um, for the most part. And yeah, a lot of it when I'm, when, when we're on set, a lot of it is me just like, doing whatever I can to support Braden and then support Josh. So when I'm on, when I'm physically on set, a lot of it is like, I just do whatever I need, what needs to be done, fill in the blanks, right? Braden's, you know, doing a lot of the acting, whether I'm playing like the creatures, whether I'm, uh, you know, just helping Josh with lighting, I'm just kind of like doing a little bit of everything. And we kind of all are in that sense. So. It must be amazing to create with friends. Yeah, it you is. Know, all coming it's together incredible. and collaborate. Yeah, it must be incredible. It must be an amazing feeling. Yeah, and it's and we really like 
crunch time with the set too, because, you know, um, we all do other stuff, right? So it's like, okay, how can we film this entire story within like a week? So, I mean, it, it's hel it's helpful that we're, you know, friendly with each other and like, like it's, it's great to be, you know, cause I feel like it's really tough with people you like, you just met to so, like you, there's that communication gap and you don't know how to communicate or like sometimes you might be short with somebody and you feel bad, but you just like have to like get something done or like someone. And it's like, we all have this like chaotic week, but because like we're friends, it just makes it so much easier because we, we don't like take anything personally. We're just like, nope, we just have to get this done. Like go, 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 go. And like collaborate. Yeah. And it just, it just helps like the hangouts like at night. Um, but yeah, we, we, we've got, we've had some pretty late nights with it for sure. <laughs> Trying to squeeze everything into like a week, week and a half. It's, it's, we, it's pretty funny actually. I think we've, I think we went to 6am. We went from like noon to 6am multiple days in Hedgemill, which was pretty funny. But I, I guess that's just the way it goes. Like on set, you know, you just got to finish it. Cause there's nothing you can do. You can't extend stuff because you just have set time for the equipment, but you rent and then you have set time for like the location and then people schedules and you have to get it done. So it's interesting for sure. It's cool. With the um, being locked in your van when you're making, when you first started out, you know, producing your songs in the van and stuff, they obviously, he obviously heard of this and went, lovely. So you can wear a really hot boiling mask because you're used to being in really disgustingly hot temperatures. <laughs> right, yeah. I de that was kind of like my training for it, for sure. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was boot camp. Yeah, somehow I just end up in these situations. I think there was one moment, I don't want to give away a scene or anything like that, but I basically was like, crouched up into a ball in like a very dark isolated like awkward like I was in a really awkward position crouched up in a ball with a mask on I could not I basically could not breathe at all <laughs> and I was just like peeping through this little section um and it, yeah it's not it's just like it was hilarious I, I don't know I was there for like 40 minutes and it was just like what am I doing with my life you know like how did I get here you know <laughs> but in all serious though you know it was like it was just it's kind of funny but no i mean you kind of do whatever you have to do for the shot and it's it's fun though it's 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 just one it's like an excuse to do crazy like uncomfortable things you know but it's for it's all for the art like you know it's like why i edit a class for 200 hours straight or like you make a song takes 40 hours and it's just like it's it's kind of like the yin and yang of like making art it's because like you're basically doing crazy stuff and like it's very difficult and it's like takes all of your energy and your emotion and your heart and your soul and your mind. And then you're also kind of not really getting paid much for it either because it, it's like you have to wait till the art's out there. You have to wait. And then like it's just it's 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 so chaotic and so beautiful at the same time. So, yeah, I just really I really enjoy my time on set and it, making this movie has made me realize like I want to be a filmmaker forever as well. Like I want to in tandem with music, do filmmaking on the side. And I mean, that's why I like coming to a place like, you know, LA because there's a lot of people that are, you know, either musicians or filmmakers and you can kind of like mingle with both. And uh, the energy is just like, that's kind of how it is in, in Los Angeles. And yeah, that's what I've always been drawn to about the city. And I just, yeah, I'm really grateful that I honestly met Braden and, that he was able to kind of give me the opportunity to like find someone else who like shared those passions and make something. So. Amazing. 
I, I love the fact that you know you're you're keeping busy you're doing following all these passions and what you love and you can see the passion in it when you're talking about it but what's the future looking like now for drawn for drawn to the sky or just dusting on your own doing whatever you're doing is there a 2024 25 vision board yeah i, I mean I, I i try to try to keep my vision board updated at all times honestly i think you know funny enough like I think back in the day, I, I even had, you know, I, I did have like filmmaking stuff on my vision board back in like 2016 and stuff like that. You know, I've always been into the whole manifesting like law of attraction stuff. And it's definitely worked in my life like very well for me. And it's just like, um, I think this year, you know, it, it, it's my plan is just to keep making this film. You know, we really want to finish Farlight this year. And um, I guess take my, I would love to like start touring, you know, as an artist, I think it's one thing about always kind of put off and that that's something that I would love to finally dive into is the, the touring and um, yeah, just making, you know, growing my music, my brand as much as possible. Um, you know, I'm, I'm having fun every day. Like I'm enjoying my life, enjoying what I'm doing. And it's just like kind of improving all of those things that I've already be, been doing and try to improve my craft and everything. I always like, you know, it's easy to like want to focus on like results, like, oh, I want to make this much more money or I want this much more streams or whatever. But I think it really comes down to like, how can you improve your craft and your skill to get those things versus like just working harder or getting better at marketing or what are the, so I'm, I'm just really trying to improve my skills and continue to, uh, yeah, make art that I enjoy, I guess. I was going to ask about the tour thing. Well, I was going to say, are you, you planning to do any tours or festivals or anything like that at all? I have no, nothing planned for the year, but uh, I absolutely would love to schedule some stuff. Like, I would love to schedule some stuff for the summer if I can. Um, but yeah, we'll kind of see what happens. Um, I definitely think it'd be it'd be good for me to actually take that step. You know, I've been putting out music for a number of years and just never really hit the road yet. So I think that would be... I mean, it's a big goal of mine for sure. And I could do a lot more to work towards that and make it happen. Um, it's always just trying to balance a million things like at once, you know, because you're like when you're your own manager and your own you're doing all your own marketing and you're creating and doing all these things, sometimes you forget what's going on. And you're like, oh, I actually have to play shows, too, you know, <laughs> which which is like the foundation of making music is basically performing for people. And uh, yeah, I would like to do a lot more of that. So uh yeah, I think that's definitely something I plan on, you know, booking for the summer of 2024. Nice. Amazing. Yeah. Before before we start wrapping this up, one last thing for myself. If if, if there's people listening to this and you're, you know what, I like the sound of this guy, I like the cut of his jib. I'm gonna go check out check out his music and what he's up to. What's like one or two songs in your back catalog that stand out to you that you'd recommend people to go check out to get a real feel for what you do? Yeah, I, I don't know. I really like this last EP I put out, Dragonborn Chronicles. Like, I, I just really love the music I made. I felt like it was my um, my best stuff. So, yeah, I mean, like, songs like Dopamine, Death Dream, Vengeance is one of those songs where I was really proud of it with, like, the vocal melodies and, like, how it was all, it all came out. And it's just an important song to me. And then, yeah, probably, like, Star Eater. So, basically, those songs from that EP, I would suggested people to check out because i feel like some of it was definitely like kind of hidden and slept on a little bit which is fine but yeah it's just i was really proud of that work i think that ep so amazing 
Mr. Stevens, do you have any more questions for our wonderful guest? I do. I do. I have one more. Um, when you first started out getting a guitar at 11, you know, and uh, listening, spending weekends with your dad and stuff, did you ever think that this is where your life would have got to today, being in LA, you know, making the music that you've done, working on Farlight with Braden, that sort of thing? Did you ever think this would ever have ever happened? You know, I, I, in some sense, like, I feel like when you're a kid, or at least when I was, when I was a kid, I kind of like knew that for sure I was, I was going to be doing something like this and not in a way of like, of like this, like ego or arrogance about it. Like, Oh, I'm definitely going to be doing that. It's, it's more just like, I don't know. It's like a weird thing where you kind of, you can kind of see your future or you, if like, it's like when you're trying to achieve something or like a goal, there's a, there's a difference between like, okay, I really want to do this. And then kind of just like understanding that it's going to happen. And I think it was kind of, it, it always has been something I kind of knew I was always going to do. Like I always knew I was going to do music um, and I was going to pursue this and kind of do whatever it takes to make it happen, I guess. Cause that's a big part of it. It's just, you know, like I kind of knew that I would sacrifice other things to make this work. And, and that's what a lot of it, a lot of stuff is. It's like following your dreams is like, it's really a lot of sacrifice. It's not, it's not about just like doing stuff. It's like, what, what are you willing to sacrifice and take away from your life? And um, I guess I kind of knew I was always willing to do those things. And uh, I, yeah, I'm just really happy that like, I was right, I guess, like as a kid, like I, I knew I was going to pursue this. Um, obviously I, w I would love to like, you know, grow a lot more as an artist and, you know, become more successful in all those things. But at the same time, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with, what I have accomplished now. And I think it's just about like appreciating that and like being grateful, like, Hey, I said I was going to do this when I was, you know, a little kid or whatever. And now I'm actually living up to it. And I guess, so yeah, it's, it's kind of cool to look back on those days, just sitting in my dad's car, like, you know, visualizing myself doing the things that I'm doing now. It's like, yeah. it's, it's kind of nice. So. That's I love awesome. it. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Dustin, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us. It means the absolute world. Before we let you go, though, any plugs, social medias, anything you want people to go check out? No, thank you, guys. I really appreciate it, and I enjoy talking to you guys. Um, yeah, I guess just, you know, check out my music um, everywhere. And uh, for anyone who is interested in taking, uh, taking a stab at the songwriting course or if you're interested in music production, I do have a course out on studio.com. You can just find it at drawntothesky.com. I have a link for it. Um and yeah, take a or keep an eye out for Farlight and any film projects as well. So appreciate it. Dustin, <laughs> man, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit to chat to us. I know, I know you're a very busy boy, so uh we do appreciate it. It was great. It was absolutely great. Um yeah, this thank is dropping so much. This is dropping tomorrow. <laughs> okay, sweet. So if there's any artwork any photo anything you're using for the artwork just send it straight over to me and i'll drop it to jamie and get it we'll get it made um but yeah it'll be 6 p.m uk so that's 10 a.m for you um okay. but you'll get all the relevant tags and all that sort of thing anyway so sweet yeah no absolutely i'll definitely be sharing it and yeah i'll send some stuff for art amazing appreciate it thank dustin thank you man have an absolutely amazing day and uh, hopefully we'll catch up soon you as well thank you so much thank you fella take care Here's see dustin. you guys Bye-bye. I'm going to fucking blow your mind to begin this show this week. Oh, what a hello to you too, sir. I like it. Did you know flamingos have Sith eyes? Sorry, have what eyes?
You know how much you love flamingos and how yes. much you love Star Wars? Yes. Well, apparently, according to this photo right here, flamingos have Sith eyes. Flamingos are actually part of the dark side. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised oh, they weren't flamingo. a villain. Surprised they weren't a villain. And me. That makes Star Wars so much different. It would be hilarious. I think it would be fucking hilarious if, like, you don't see the villain at, at all, <laughs> like, the whole movie until the very end. It just, like, pops its pink little head down and, like, <laughs> doesn't say anything. He's one legs up, it drops the other one down, and it's a lightsaber. No. Oh, that'd be sick. Yeah, its legs are lightsabers, yeah. <laughs> fucking wicked. But one stands still. Can you stand on a lightsaber? Can you stand on it? It's light. I doubt it. It's going straight to the floor, isn't it? Okay, so as you it's say, the one it. leg, the one leg with it's up is the lightsaber itself. That'd be amazing. It wouldn't. It'd be awful, but still, no, it'd be amazing. It really wouldn't. Um, <laughs> or the stormtroopers secretly are all flamingos. Yes, they take the helmet off and it's just this pink head. <laughs> <laughs> God, the instant. It's so easy to upset a Star Wars fan. So this would just be incredible. They'd all go mental. It'd be great. I love. I just love the idea of episode ten or whatever the fuck, or, or some spin-off. Um, and you, again, like I said, you don't see the villain throughout the whole thing, but you hear the tap, tap the tap of one foot or something. I don't know. Uh, and like ah! noises and all that sort of stuff. And then right at the end, the helmet comes off, but you don't see the head. It's just the helmet. You see the helmet, and like it, like and then it, the helmet comes down in front of the screen, <laughs> and it's obviously off at the neck. And it just, like, looks down. Like, <laughs> no camera pan, make... it just... Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on, hang Sorry. on. I'm selling the dream here. I'm selling Sorry. the dream. Don't cut me off. <laughs> Helmet comes down. Head comes down. Looks. And it makes that noise where it goes... Oh, you know, like, really dramatic, like... <laughs> oh, and it goes, and goes to black, and that's it. And that's the end of the film. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> It meant, the, it meant the end of Return of the Jedi very differently, wouldn't it? Well, it absolutely would. I, I don't know. Am <laughs> You're a flamingo. What the fuck? Am I half flamingo? <laughs> I wonder why I love hopping around so much as standing on one leg for no fucking reason. In water, weirdly. I, only, I walk on two legs on land. When I'm in water, it's just one foot. I find oh. it's way more comfortable that way. And I love having my arms tucked in like wings. Because why not? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I really want to see that now. So George Lucas or Zack Schneider, whoever the fuck wants to make the next one, there's your villain for you. Sorted Darth Flamingo. Yeah. Call it Darth Darth Flamingo. Don't call it Darth Flamingo or something. So it doesn't give it doesn't give the get the F and L out and it makes it Darth Flamingo. I like that actually. Yeah. It sounds great. Or Darth Flamingo. You don't want to give it all away straight away. So yeah. Exactly. You don't want you don't want to spoil it. Gotta keep the Star Wars fans on the edge of their seat. Or Flaffamingo. No, that's awful. Flaffamingo. Awful. Awful. I'll see myself out. Cheers, guys. See you later. Thanks. For... It's been 117 episodes, you know, and uh, edition, sorry. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Jamie. I know I always ridicule you. Ridic ridicule, even. I don't know what ridicule is. I, always, I know I ridicule you, but always wants to talk about shit. But I've got a story. Well, not necessarily a story. I've got a question. That I want to ask, and it's in relation to poo. All right. Okay. And it's not why is it brown? I don't want. To, I don't give a shit about the actual substance itself. 
why, when you go to a public toilet, do people feel it's okay to have a massive shit and leave skid marks all over the bowl and go, do you know what? I'll let someone else sort that out. Oh, do not get me started on this. I was in Starbucks earlier doing some work with a couple of people from work down in Melksham, as you do, by bath. By bath. (laughs) And Trowbridge and that sort of crap. And uh, and Keensham and that sort of shit. And we I was like, oh, just fancy. And I needed to use the gentleman's. I won't be long. Went in, opened the door, closed the door, lock. I went, oh, wonderful. Lift the lid. Oh, awesome. Thank you, whoever left this for me. What a present. I was absolutely disappointed at Christmas time when I didn't get skid marks on my toilet. So I thank you so much for this. Actually, I'm being a little peckish while I'm here. I, I don't get it. Clean up after yourself. Absolutely. Filthy bastards. Being the dad of a small daughter, it is the bane of my fucking existence when I have to take her into a public toilet and I have to clean someone else's piss off the seat just so she can sit down. Whoever is doing this, you dirty bastard, pack in in. Just sit down. Just sit down. Easier. Cleaner. You can't control your own urine stream. Sit down or be a normal person and clean up after yourself. Dirty bastards. Mind you, I bet somebody saw that and just went, yeah, I ain't cleaning that up. I ain't cleaning that up. Wouldn't surprise me. It's probably another another child. (laughs) (laughs) I'm learning, Daddy. I'm learning. (laughs) If that's the case, teach your kid to lift the fucking seat up. Like a firefighter lost control of his hose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fucking hell, what's that? I don't like golden showers. I told you. Oh, sorry, love. Um... So. Yeah. Oh, makes me Continu- continuing on with Starbucks stories. I was waiting for my coffee and I didn't realize I was leaning on the sugar tray. You know, the weird little thing that sits in the middle of all the sugars and the, the cinnamons ah, and yes, the, yes. the dustings and that sort of crap on it. And I was just leaning against it, like looking, waiting forward, looking forward to my coffee. Oh, yes, that's quite, quite. And um, a woman was like, I'm sorry, love. Can I just get to the sugar? I was like, Oh, sorry, of course, you can. Absolutely. So I was like, I- If I do get in the way in the future, though, just push me. I understand. It's fine. And she she laughed, and then her mother walked up, so obviously an older lady, and she went, all right, mum, just want to give him a shove, he fucking is asking for it. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, if you feel like it, I understand it. It's, you know, it's the longest month of the year. We're in, we know we are in January 4,506, so I do understand. I was like, we're almost there, almost at the end of the month. So we just chatted, she was like, oh, I can't wait for... You know, for barbecue weather and for sitting in the garden and getting to go on holiday. Lovely sunny, lovely sunny places. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, me too. I was like, I'm looking forward to the longer nights, you know, the, the, the sunsets later and that sort of thing. You get that dusky feeling at 9pm, which is great. My coffee arrived halfway through our conversation <laughs> and she was just like, yeah, I'm looking forward to Oh, that's a big one. <laughs> like, Sorry, are you talking to me on the coffee? Oh, the coffee. Yes, the coffee. Yes. <laughs> I thought I'd, I thought I hadn't zipped myself back up after coming from the gentleman's. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> Just coming from the gentleman's. You wouldn't believe the shit someone left behind in there. I tell <laughs> yeah. you, love, it's <laughs> disgusting. Was it you? Did you leave skinners on the toilet for me? <laughs> I thank you so much. I've always wanted them. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to end. I'm giving you fucking four items here. Jesus, Ooh, are you all right? Spoiling me this week. Because it's time for story <clears throat> time with Tom. I was chatting away to my mother. Me and my mum were having a conversation a couple of days ago. 
And we're just having a nice little chat. I think I was talking about the show, actually. And we're just like, she's like, I'm so proud of you. Like how things are going. Then all of a sudden she burst into laughter. Right. And I was like, did I I say something funny? Like, (laughs) I I mean, I'm not laughing. And I mean, she was full on howling, going for it. And I was like, but me, okay. Is someone, is is, is Mr. Tickle arrived? Like what's, (laughs) what's going on here? Anyway. She's like, love, love, you never guess what. I was like, what? She goes, my Tesco top threes come through. And I was like, I was like, what? You know, like Spotify unwrapped. They're now yeah. doing Tesco and now doing your most bought items of 2023. Fuck me. Right? Anyway. So, as you shall see on the screen, number one were Tesco wet wipes. Okay? Her most bought item of the year were shit wipes. Okay? What makes this funnier, though, is number two was the TV mag. <laughs> and I was around and I went, Mum, I don't know what I'm going to tell you this, but that sounds like a really shit wank. <laughs> I didn't say that to your mum. <laughs> What's going on in Coronation Street? It's, oh my God, someone's dying. Holy <laughs> fucking hell. They're doing a car crash story again, Mildred. Oh, fucking hell. Pass me wet wipes. Pass me fucking wet wipes. I'm going, I'm going to the bog. Give me a fucking TV guard. I promise I won't stick papers together this time. Pairs won't be stuck together, I promise you. You'll be able to see what's going on on Monday this week. I promise you that. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, part of me is just wondering what the in shock that people still buy the TV guide. Oh, mum loves it. She bought it every week bar six weeks. And I was like, okay, so what six weeks? Were you on holiday? She was, yes, two of them. I was like, well, that's two accounted for. I was like, Christmas is also a two-weeker. So that's one week yeah. accounted for there. I was like, so you've obviously missed three. She's like, I can't work out, love. I don't know where I was. What's going on? Who's back TV, Mag? I was like, you do realise that Sky TV that you own has a guide on the screen. She's like, yeah, but I, I don't want to flick through to fucking Friday on Monday. Do I? I want to just have a look what's on. I've got, like, it's right in front of me. I don't have to be like fucking scrolling through 24 hour, 24 hour. I just go, oh, there we go. What's at nine o'clock? Oh, perfect. I'll watch that. I love that. Love Silent Witness, mate. Halfway <laughs> <laughs> to her, right? She's great. She, she laughed at what I said and then very quickly moved on. <laughs> yeah, don't blame her. Don't blame her at all. I love the fact the third thing is tortilla wraps. Like, yeah, and then tortilla wraps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we love our Mexican food in this family. So, oh, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. But that was a very funny conversation. Not gonna lie to you. Oh. <laughs> I, I actually wanted to ask you a very important and mind scratching and thoughtful question this week. Oh fucking hell! It's not going to be that <laughs> <laughs> rude. <laughs> I mean, you're absolutely fucking right, but rude. <laughs> the way you delivered it, I was like, it can't be. If you were to arm wrestle a spider, would you have to win eight separate times or just once? Oh, this is in the journal, you bastard. <laughs> you motherfucker. First and first, right? If you're going to arm wrestle a spider, I'm about to shut this down straight away. Spiders don't have arms. They have legs. That's a good point. It's so, a leg wrestle. Null and void, I'm afraid. Null and void. Oh, man. Spiders in the UFC, they'd be fucked, wouldn't you? <laughs> spiders in the UFC putting all the leg locks on. You're like, well, hang on. He's got air to, he's got air to them, Dana. What do I do? Or Dana, how the fuck you say your name? I don't know. Oh, man. Yeah. 
I'd, I'd yeah, put a lot of thought into this, and you've just made a good point that it's spiders all legs. do not have arms. Yeah, sorry. Oh, damn it! The damn family it. fortunes cross has just come in. <laughs> damn it! That's what they said. I've ruined a journey entry for no fucking reason. You shot me down. Yeah, sorry, dude. Sorry, sorry. I read that and was like, I put that in the journal, and then thinking about it, I've gone. Actually, I'm fucking pleased I didn't. That. I read that out now because. Uh, I'm like a right twat. Or you put it in the journal so I could think about it if you turn around and go, no, because I don't have arms. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Sorry. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I hate to crush dreams. Um, oh. But I'd love to see a spider in the in the, in the the UFC. Say that one really want somebody, to say will, that. somebody will fucking stomp around as much as they can. <laughs> <laughs> or they'll just run. Conor McGregor or, versus a spider. That should be fantastic. I read a story about somebody in America who's got like tarantulas galore, I think in the thousands. And I was like, why? Why do you want, what? like, why? The spiders are great. I, they don't bother me. Big ones bother me. Small ones don't bother me. But like, why would you want to inhabit? Not, not just like a couple, but I mean, in the thousands... That's just asking. You're, you're calling for death. <laughs> oh, yeah, you absolutely are. Because if that yeah. escapes and you're asleep, you're going to wake up in a fucking web, no doubt. If they escape, you, if that well, escapes, they... one eye, yeah. Yeah, it's a good point, actually, yeah. It'd be fine. If one, if one escapes, you're like, oh, hello, Ben, how are you? Oh, you're having a good time. Lovely stuff there. Well, good to see you. But it's like eight-legged freaks. God, that, I Yeah. No, in that case, then. Hell no! Thanks for that. Oh, he's going to go into his room with his. How many did you say? Sorry, a thousand. I think it's over a thousand, yeah. He's going to go into his room and just see 500 separate arm wrestling matches. There's no arms. Leg wrestling matches, fine, whatever. (laughs) How are you, Jamie? Livid, I imagine. (laughs) I am now. I'm good. I'm fucking knackered. But other than that, yeah, I'm good. Oh, I, got, I got a belly full of carvery, so I'm a happy boy in that sense. Oh, but... you motherfucker. <sighs> I can't remember the last time I had a carvery. But it goes back to that that conversation we had when we talked about carveries, where it's like, how much do you pile the plate? And then how much do you regret piling the plate? Because you go and you go, I'm going to fucking destroy this. And halfway through, go, right, tell you what, I'll eat the stuff in. I'll eat the stuff in. I'll eat the rest. <laughs> Oh, I actually, I wasn't as bad as I normally am. I've actually learned to almost get the perfect portion. I'm still a little bit too much, but I'm getting there. But it's weird because I've never gone back up for more. Never in my life history of ever going to Carveries. But Olivia wanted more. And I was like, oh, I don't know what the protocol is for this. Do you have to queue with everyone else and just go, don't need any meat? Or do you cut in line? I was like, what do we do? What do we yeah, do what here? What do you do? I just sort of queued to the point where people turn off because you know it's normally like the fucking line ride yeah yeah, yeah. it's like a weatherspoon's toilet yeah trying to get so to one sort of got to that point where it's by the veg and i was just like let's sneak in come on kid let's get in. let's get in the veg but i will stop him he <laughs> queue jumped i was half expecting someone to say excuse me i want you to get to those potatoes or something but no i was all right no one said anything we were safe i suppose it's birmingham and no one said anything to anybody so you're all good That's a good point yeah. good don't talk to me anyway. <laughs> what about you? Be there for five. Be there for five. I was just asking how you are. Hello, how you doing? <laughs> Why did some Herbert the Purple? I feel like I, I don't know. Do I? Crash. <laughs> I can't do the whistle, but crash. <laughs> That's unsettling. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. 
the, the fight with the other German guy, the old guy, is one of the funniest things. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> um, uh, what was the... Uh, yeah. Uh, I've completely forgot where we are. <laughs> I just asked how you were. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm all right, man. I'm all right. Um, just getting on with it, I suppose. Uh, not sleeping very well. Uh, what's new? Um, and I'm just fully expecting the NFL to be Eminem versus Taylor Swift. <laughs> the Super Bowl. <laughs> of course, yeah. Because the Chiefs are in the championship game, as are the Detroit Lions. I mean, the Detroit Lions is, is they've not been to they've not been to this game since nineteen this level since nineteen fifty seven, so they've not been to the championship game in that long. So it's kind of cool. But they're playing San Francisco, who are probably the greatest team in the league. Or it, it's difficult because I don't like the Chiefs. I don't like the Ravens. So, but it's set. I think it's set up. People. I, British fans do my idea because they're like, oh, it's so fixed. Look how fixed it's going to be Eminem versus Taylor Swift at the halftime, you know, in, in the Super Bowl. And it's like, and then people are like, oh, they should just get rid of Usher and have Taylor and Eminem do like a rap battle, sing-off battle thing for the halftime show. And I'm like, fucking hell. But what was really, I think I mentioned this last week, Eminem once again did lose yourself in the whole crowd. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, and the stadium got as loud as a jet engine. That's the loudest it got. Yeah, which is insane. The games were awesome. Like, I really enjoyed them. Um, but yeah, man, did lose stuff again. He's in the crowd, just got everyone rapping, and it was fucking sick. That's, That's so amazing. cool. You couldn't get um, away with shit like that over here with our football games. <laughs> no. And um, Travis Kelsey, who's dating Taylor Swift, his brother has just retired. He played for Philadelphia. He went, went Travis scored a touchdown, went shirtless. Neck to beer in the it's just shirtless it, in Buffalo. It's like minus God knows what. Shirt, neck to beer, smashed the cup against his head and jumped into the crowd. And started chanting with all the Buffalo fans, but then it, it got like really rowdy. They're like, uh, Jason, you might want to come back in. <laughs> <laughs> and his mum, his mum was there going, "Oh for fuck's sake!" Because <laughs> like his mum was like yeah, taking her shirt off. <laughs> they call him Mama Kelsey. It's nuts. I love the NFL, don't get me wrong, but I'm getting really sick of British fans being like calling conspiracy theories on all the refs all the time. They just want the Chiefs to win. They want Patrick Mahomes to win again. I'm like, oh, go away. Go away. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that, mate. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm all right. Um, looking forward to some interviews this week. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, same. Um, so, yeah, it should be good. One, you've already heard. Um so, but yeah, two very special guests this week is going to be great. Uh, so yeah, what's been going on, man? What have you been doing yourself? Not a fat lot, really, because like last week, I've had one day off in between our recordings, so <laughs> I've mostly been re-annoring. Um ah. On my day off, I went to go see the kids, uh, did a bit more of Lena's room, slowly but surely, we're getting there. Um, what else have I been doing? Mostly watching things, to be fair. I've been still been cracking through Smallville. Uh, we've watched the latest Marvel series, Echo, me and the wife did. Very good. Really enjoyed of course, it. Of course it is. It is. It's very different to the other stuff, though. Because the other, obviously you expect Marvel stuff. It's all like fighty-fighty, but it's very story-based. There is some fighting in it. Of course it fucking is. But it's, it's very story-based. It's really good, though. I really enjoyed it. And we finally finished watching Bones. We, st- we started watching Bones when we got Disney+, Plus, if not before. And we're sort of like, if we can't be asked to watch anything or, you know, just just a background show and it's 12 series long and we literally finished it yesterday and now we don't know what to do. So it's like, what are we going to watch now? 
what what could be our program now? Doesn't doesn't Becky dribble over the main character, the actor, the guy? Uh, his yeah. name is, escapes me. That's David what you're Branners, watching. Yeah. That's that. Yeah, that is probably why she wanted to watch it in the first place. But it's so a now, very good show. So now you got to find something with a female lead that you enjoy. <laughs> only fair, in my opinion. Only fair. No, no, no I agree. No, um, we were on about starting Grey's Anatomy, so we might possibly start that. Don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know anything about it. She wanted to watch it. So. Of course she did. Her decision, what a shock. Um, yeah. I wish you all the best. Godspeed. It's been a pleasure doing the show with you. Um, is it that bad? It's 20 seasons long. Yeah, I know. It's a fucking jaunt, isn't it? So in about 10 years' time, I'll be like, we finally finished Grey's Anatomy. Uh, but I don't have my own teeth anymore. But still, <laughs> we made it through. <laughs> Your daughter will be nearly an adult by that point. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, it's a long fucking jaunt. So it better be good if we're going to fucking say we're going to watch it. <laughs> It'd be like that Titanic meme. It's been 84 years. <laughs> Jamie, didn't you die like 30 years ago? <laughs> yes, we're still going. We're on series 19, 24 now. Yeah, so many. Meredith Grey is still in the show. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. So, the main character. So, so much death. So much death. I've seen so much death. I've even seen me own. You might just come back next week. Oh, we watched a few episodes. It's fucking shit. That's what By the about. way, did they ever come back from that Judas Priest concert a year ago? You know, because they took all that fucking suit. No, 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 do not start this fucking was, soup again. I was starving for some chicken and mushroom. Shoot. <laughs> Ties in. Ties in. Uh, Funny enough, I saw Ozzy wants to do two more shows of a farewell so, tour. And you're like, dude, just <laughs> give it up, man. No. Why? Just I love do- do a video uh, online or something. We can reach the masses that you don't need. <laughs> Lenny, oh, Lenny, crazy. I love um, him, but yes, don't just. This don't. is the. This is what you know. And and fair play to the guy, but you don't need to. Plus, it's been that long since his last show. Now we're just everyone's look, fine with it. Look at that legacy you've got. Yeah, it's fine. Just leave it, Oz. We love you. It's fine. I saw the um, the T Pain video from doing War Pigs, and I was like, Jesus, this is great. I smashed it. I was like, that's so good. I don't even like Black Sabbath, but this is fantastic. <laughs> even Ozzy came out and was like, this is the best cover of War Pigs ever. Like, what a fucking endorsement for a start. But Jesus. Yeah. yeah. He's got some pipes. He's got some pipes. I think that boy. I only um, know him from that Lonely Island song, so I literally know nothing about him. Which one? I'm on a boat. He's in that one, is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Acons and I just had sex, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Yeah, they... Lonely Island, that was uh, that was definitely a phase of it. Yeah, I don't think happened Does it? anybody listen to them now? I don't think anybody listens to them now, do they? Every now and again, I'll listen to a song, but every now and again. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like the parody thing. It had its moment, and now it's not a thing anymore type yeah. thing. They were huge, and then they just sort of went, bye. <laughs> yeah, well, there we are then. But anyway, what have you been up to, my friend? What have you been up to? You haven't been watching anything else? No, that's it, really. Oh, okay. Um, 
I've been packing. Um, I've been re-entering. Um, and I've started Blacklist again. So that's made oh. me really, really happy. I'm on season six, episode five. So I've, four, I've watched four episodes. And I'm just loving it. Straight away, I was like, oh, I love this show. It just makes saying. me so happy. Just James Spader. Just every time. He's just so great. Um, I love that uh, season 10 is the last ever series, and I think it's on TV right now. So oh. I was like, well, I kind of want to just like get it done. I'm I'm I'm, I'm halfway through. I might as well. Uh, yeah, they announced 10 to be the last one because I think Megan Booney plays Elizabeth Keene, the main character. She mm. dropped out in season eight, I think. Um, so I'm waiting for her to die in a season eight. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I love that show. I've been watching Walking Dead. Um, I am almost on the final season. So I'm like, I've made it because I saw a, a post someone put up and it was like, I don't care about anything else, but what series of The Walking Dead did you give up on? <laughs> I saw that. The, yeah. And I was like, I never gave up. I, I took a break, uh, but I'm on series 10, episode 16. So there's 22 in 10 and there's obviously season 11. So but I think the COVID episodes are season 11, where it's like singular people on their own doing mm. like backstories and stuff. So I'm not looking forward to that. Like, those episodes are like snore fest. Um, you know, where they do like the whole back in the day when I was on my own, you're like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't get the obsession with flashback episodes every now and again, but no, not all the time. Yeah. So I'm smashing through Walking Dead, uh, The Blacklist and The Orville. I'm on episode nine. I've got two left. Mm. And I'm like, can I just get through this? But we'll see. Um, I love the fact you're not even enjoying it, but you're still watching it. Just because I've, I've, I can see it. I've seen, I've seen it, I guess. So I love the first two series. Yeah. Like, and now the third series has been like there's been moments where I've laughed but not been as funny as the it's first two it's not comedy is it the third series is like they went do you know what let's just be Star Trek Let, and this was be let's diverse be... let's yeah. talk about all things that are currently going on in the world right now and be diverse yeah it's weird it's just a complete tonal shift didn't they change the name as well isn't it something else isn't it Orville something oh New Horizons that's it that's it yeah it? yeah they did yeah um, and I've been watching a couple of bit of Simpsons, like just you know, some like just stuff to like crack on with my work, yeah. Um, but obviously, it's the Royal Rumble this weekend, it is, and I'm very excited for that. The the episode Royal Smackdown is so fucking boring now. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I watched, um, I've, I haven't seen last night's Raw, that's it, but like Smackdown was, was a slog. I was like, oh my god, I just can't bother, it's just too long. It's coming to Netflix now, WWE. Yes, I was going to say. Have you seen it's coming in 2025? Like announced a year in advance, but there we are. I imagine TNT have got the or Discovery, whoever got it over here. They only got it till then. But, but I wonder if it's going to be able to watch after because I'm not stepping up to one AM to watch it live. Imagine so. I hope so. Um, it, hope it's so. probably going to be one of those things. As much as I love, because I love AW, but being a massive wrestling fan is as much as it bores me to shit, I'll never stop watching it because I'll always want to know what's going on. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those things that I just can't... I'll, I'll watch it till I die, probably. Yeah, I'll, I'll always... Even if I don't watch it, because I don't watch it very often, but oh, I, every dies. day, I check the, check the results. I read what's been happening. First thing I do is like go on the wrestling pages and see what's been going on. It's just... It's force a habit. I, I'll need to know. Yeah. But no. So... I well we'll see what we'll talk about it next week but um 
I just don't want Punk to win it, but I think he's going to. And I've also got a horrible feeling. I think Seth's out injured for like a year. So, um, but I haven't seen last night yet. It's It said, I saw a story, say he's tore his MCL, he's out for nine months. And I saw like the coming up this Monday and it's like this, this, this. And then right at the end it went, and Seth talks about his future. And I was like, ah, oh, he's out then. <laughs> I am gonna... saying nothing. Um, so it's kind of gutting. But we'll see. Well, I'm, I'm literally, it's what I'm doing after this. So okay. I've, anyway, I've waffled on enough. Um, so yeah, just re-entering. Um, and that's about it, really. Marvel-wise, I, th- I think I've watched Guardians. Um, I haven't seen Loki Season 2. I haven't watched Echo yet. Uh, the Marvels is coming in February. Um, so I'll get round to them at some point, I think. But it's just one of those. As soon as people start going, you should watch this, I'm like, Maybe. <laughs> We'll see. I need to know. use reverse psychology on this. Tom, don't watch it. <laughs> oh, I think I will, actually. Fuck you. Full contact. Full contact starts on Netflix tomorrow. But I haven't got Netflix, so... Yes, Six Nations documentary. They were in the camps of all six countries for the Six Nations uh, this year just gone. Um, and so, obviously, I want to watch that for Scotland and just because I'm intrigued. I bet it's great. So, really looking forward to that. So, yeah. Other than that, my friends, that's literally about it. We're all caught up. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Brayden from Say We Can Fly. Just letting you know, got a brand new merch store out there. Please let me say the link. uh, Let me say the link, please. Yeah. Okay. Yes, you can say. You can say the link. All right. Okay. So the link for the shop. The link for the link for the shop is www.saywecanfly.com. Shop. All right, good job, Seamus. So www.saywecanfly.shop, uh, 10% off if you use the, co- oh, the let code. Let me say the code, let me say the code, please. Okay, fine, you can say the code. If you use the code. The code is Chronicles. What? No, it's not. Chronicles. No, it's not. De- it's The Chronicles, Seamus. Yeah, that's what I okay? said. The Chronicles at checkout, all right? You, you get 10% off. 10% off. Yes, oh. yes, they know. They know, Seamus. Okay. I'm just trying to help, all right? Visit www.saywecanfly.shop and use code THE CHRONICLES for 10% off your order. Available at participating Say We Can Fly restaurants and web stores. Some restrictions may apply, but probably not. And now, it's time for your favorite segment of the week. Yeah, it is. Stop, Cal, Treachins. Do you want to know something? Callum will be able to tell you. And Callum's Treachings. It's cereal soup. Ooh. Hello. This week's Treachings come from the set of my own podcast, That Gym Couple Podcast, that I host with my partner, Lucy, where we discuss all things gyms, fitness, gym anxiety, and a bunch of other stuff in between. If you do have the opportunity to come and check us out at That Gym Couple Podcast on Spotify and YouTube, we'd very much appreciate it. Jamie Callum is back once again. Treats the nation, the world, and the universe. Um, it sounds like a shit superhero, don't it? Um, <laughs> anyway, what is Callum treating us by my tired this week? There's more people who wake up at the same second every day than there are that fall asleep. Ooh. That's really good. The thing is, right, I struggle to fall asleep. So there's either nights where I go, God, I'm knackered, but gone. (laughs) And there's nights where I go, I'm yawning. You know, you're like, I'm quite tired. I might go to bed, actually. And you go to bed and you're like, oh, everything's going on in my head right now. (laughs) This is awesome. And he starts singing a song you haven't listened to in years. He starts going like, 
ooh, ah, just a little bit, ooh, ah. And I'm like, I don't listen to Gina G. Where the fuck's this come from? <laughs> and then it's just like, and then you start going, so who actually wrote the Bible? Where are they from? Where is Bethlehem? What's going on over here? Like, why is that piece of, why is that floating through my eyeballs, but it's actually not existing? And that sort of thing. It's just like nuts. Do you ever have that? I have that loads. I'll be honest. That is not something I've ever struggled with. I can no. get into bed, not even feel tired, and I'll fall asleep. You have fucking uh, narcolepsy. You sleep anywhere. I used to be a lot worse than I am now. Yeah, but well, saying that this week I've ju- I'll fall asleep at any drop of a hat. I'll be dozing off all times. I'm just knackered. But I'm so fucking jealous. <laughs> yeah, yesterday I watched Walking Dead till I think it was about quarter to one in the morning. I fell asleep at half two. Like fuck's sake. I don't know what it is because I start thinking about those random things. Is lychee really a fruit? You know, about <laughs> shit that you don't really give a fuck about. Why is it called dragon fruit? Uh, there's no dragons that exist. You know, just, just shit like that. And you're like, fucking hell. You need, to, you need to sort of distract you, but relax you at the same time. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But it's right, though, because obviously everyone go, sort of goes to bed around about the same time and everyone goes kind yeah. of like goes and nods. No, gets up at the same time. Sorry. Yeah. Um, that's what I meant. Uh, yeah, it was like, I'll get it for eight. Uh, could you imagine if, like every alarm went off at the same time? Like, nah, nah, nah. Like, Fucking hell. <laughs> Everyone's on the whole street and went off at the same time. Yeah, oh my God. But like a massive, like, thunder. I was about to say thunderquake. Am I all right? <laughs> I don't think Am so. I okay. It's a surf. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, thunderstorm, like, you know, like, like lightning strikes really fucking loudly, that yes. sort of thing. Like, or there's a fire that's off at once, like, bloody hell, I'm awake. Um, because I haven't got Alexa anymore, so I'm using my own phone for alarms now. Oh, my, you should have seen me this morning. Um, especially after I left all the brown stain down the side of the bed. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't leave any brown stains. But um, it was so loud that I literally was like, we are up! I was like, oh my God, what the hell happened? It was re- It was like I'd just fallen asleep. I hate those nights where you you feel like you've just crashed out, but it's oh, actually yeah. like 9am and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, I know what you mean. I've had those. Yeah. So uh, weird, man. It's so weird. Don't you find it mental that like we have to shut down for a bit? <laughs> I better just like stop moving and doing anything for a while. I need to recharge. That's what's all about. It's always made me laugh about sleep. Like everyone's like, you have to live life to the fullest. Ugh. But eight of those hours every day, waste them by turning off. Like, am I living life to the fullest if I'm turning off for almost half a day? It's crazy. It's like eight hours sleep, eight hours work, eight hours party time. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's not enough, in my opinion. Doing that yeah. four or five times a week is like, fuck me. Yeah. So anyway, that yeah. wasn't funny. Anyway, should form was it? Should we move on? It wasn't, um, was it? But to go back to the original treat, he's absolutely right because a lot of people do get up at the same time every day for alarms, but not everyone gets the same amount of sleep. So yeah, that does work out. Yeah. And the smaller you are, the more sleep you need. So it's like you need this baby to fucking sleep. I guess I know I do. I know I'm fully aware. <laughs> I'm trying. Um, anyway, what else, Jamie? Is Callum treating us this week? It's possible to accidentally make human life. But it's not possible to accidentally make pizza. It's not where I saw that going. <laughs> oh my god! Could you imagine if you accidentally made pizza? That'd be unbelievable. That'd be incredible. That'd be and the greatest power ever. Yeah, it'd be so good. What do you want for dinner tonight, love? There you go. Well, <laughs> you do. Click my fingers. Why? <laughs> go look in the oven. <laughs> You're fucking welcome. I'm not touching your oven. 
Put it that way. <laughs> I genuinely expected to be like, you can, you can accidentally make a loaf, but you can't exactly take a loaf. I was expecting something like that, but no, make pizza. <laughs> oh, it'd be unbelievable just to make pizza with all the hot dog stuff cross going. Iceland have really, really taken off the mark there. Fucking love that shit. But I would love to be able to accidentally make pizza. Yeah, like how would you, it's it's kind of like a comedy of errors, hasn't it? There's <laughs> so like you kind of got to like have the dough and accidentally knead it all at the same time as the sauté tomato paste <laughs> the air with the shredded cheese and the pepperoni and stuff like that, and it just like falls into the oven. It's a trip that's, over a bag of ingredients. Oh, that's how you, yeah, that's how you accidentally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like in Tom and Jerry, where like someone had, or, or some cartoon where they're carrying shopping bags and then they like fall, trip over a foot or trip over something, and all the shopping goes flying in the air, and then it all like piles up as a sandwich. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like that's how you accidentally make food. It's like you boil it, fuck, and like somehow all the packaging is gone. So all the foods come out of its packaging <laughs> down in the air, and it all landed perfectly, buttered, mayo, <laughs> a lot. You're like what the, what the, all right. That's the best thing about cartoon. There's just no fucking logic. It makes any sense, but we love it. Uh, no, it's great, but yeah, hopefully um, there'll be absolutely no accidental human life making. Any <laughs> fingers crossed. Ever, yeah, yeah ever. Um, but I'd love. I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of one like Professor Frank this now, and try and work out how to make an accidental pizza. It'd <laughs> be fucking cool. Other than what we just came up with, I can't think of any other way. But even then, that's going to be hard to it's, do. It'd just be cartoon like. I'd just draw it. See, I made accidental pizza. Watch my cartoon. Um, and finally, Jamie, what else is coming? Treating us this week. We're very lucky that there's no birds of prey that hunt humans. Oh, dude. Fuck that shit. <laughs> That's one of those ones where I always wondered to myself, where was he and what had just happened for him to think of that? <laughs> he might just like, fucking hell, Dave, do you know what? Fancy a bit of meat today. Fancy a bit of fucking human. Not not rats or, or voles or that bullshit or shrews. No, fuck it. I want me a, I want me a bit of child. So let's have a look what we got here. What we fucking got here. Oh, here we go. So you know, to go like shopping, you go. I was like, love, look, it's it's like a it's like a shit version of zombie apocalypse. Love, we've run out of milk, and we need it. Shit, what should we do? Should we pay for the underground courier? Should we bolt it? <laughs> Can you imagine the most overrun by like birds of prey, hawks, and eagles and falcons? Or like they're all like gang members in the air, like in their own nests in different parts of the country and stuff. The idea of humans having an underground tunnel system to avoid birds. Yeah. Ah, shit! <laughs> I need to put my trolley back in the station outside in the car park. Fuck, run, Sheila, run! We made it, we're safe. <laughs> I needed that fucking pound back. You can hear, you can hear like, you're in, you're in Asda, he's here. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah. But obviously, forgetting that shelves don't hit the roof and they could just fly over the top. Oh. So it'd just be a case of like, there's got to be like a shit film of this. It'd be great. This sounds like a yeah. shit film that needs to be made. We've got Flamingo Star Wars. Yeah. We've got Birds of Prey Against Humans. We're making all the B movies this week. It could be called Birds, Your Prey. Oh, that's good. That is good. <laughs> Copyright Cop- Tom Stevens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd be that'd be sick as fuck. <laughs> and every human they eat, they like get like 
even bigger to turn like to human birds. <laughs> but, Oi, monkey boy! Give us a fucking shit. Um, no, like... <laughs> Dude, could you imagine? Seagulls, I imagine, would be like beefcakes. They'd be like, oh, you fuck, kind of, mate. You want to fucking go, yeah? You want to fucking go, yeah, yeah? Outside, mate. Out- we are outside, Dave. Fuck, shut up, mate. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, all right, I'm a bit simple. You're a bit some fucking simple, yeah? Yeah, just I was down pub with Sheila yesterday. Fucking, you know, you know buzz that shit head, Bob, don't they? <laughs> you know, head yeah. Bobby is killing me off. <laughs> and pigeons will be like scientists because they're smaller, weedy, and yeah, like they have, they'll plot things that way. But the size of the giant pigeon shits, if they were big enough to carry off humans, would be fucked. It's how they catch you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Literally. <laughs> um, caught like Spider-Man's web. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, not again! Oh. Quick, quick, fucking, I'm fucking coming! <laughs> I don't know what to do. What do you do? It looks like ectoplasm. Um, <laughs> anyway, that was great. That, that was, was fucking great. Absolutely, <laughs> that last one was fucking genius. Oh. We love it. But Jamie, there's a massive problem. Oh, there is. I gotta follow it. You do. I'm sure you can do it. Time for Tom's journal. And welcome to another edition of Tom's Journal. Welcome to another edition of Tom's Journal. Today, Jamie, I learned what antipasta is. I'd heard the word before, but I didn't know what it meant. Before the meal. Oh. I, I always thought it was like the opposite of pasta, like <laughs> evil pasta. Pasta from a dark, inverted universe. Nega pasta. <laughs> <laughs> I worked at a deli for years and we sold it. And I was like, what the fuck is this? I've never heard the exact... Never thought I could just Google it, but no, but... Before the yeah, meal, Jay. Before, before the meal. There we go. Evil pasta. I'm annoyed at myself because this entry was meant to be for New Year, but never mind. There we are. Anyway, we were still in January. You know, it's January 4,562. So, um, my neighbours with the fireworks would like to wish everybody a happy 8.42 pm. <laughs> <laughs> Why do people do that? When they've got fireworks for New Year, like, oh my God, it's going to be amazing. And then they go off at like 7.30 at night. You're like, what are you doing? Because they are dickheads. That is the simple answer to this. So I'm like, oh, we'll buy some fireworks for bonfire night, but we'll set them off three days early. And then for a week after. Uh, yeah. Don't get dickheads. it. Yeah, stop selling them, is what I'd say. Yeah, uh, absolutely great. Jamie, I couldn't work at McDonald's. I couldn't work. I'd be walking around with nuggets in my pocket, snacking all day. <laughs> Two for the box, one for me. Two for the box, one for me. <laughs> I think somebody used to put, when I used to work at McDonald's, I would always put an extra nug in for everyone. I always did an 11-pack or something. Amazing. I, I think that's fucking great. But if I was getting eaten by a bear, I'd definitely get a pet in real quick. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> oh, you're so soft. <laughs> that's when you find out that's how you stop a bear attack. Just give it some love. It probably loves it. It probably thinks it's playing and then just kills you. Like cats, like cats do with smaller things. 
Do you know what, Jamie, right? I have never come back from any holiday feeling relaxed, refreshed, and invigorated to get back into work. I come back with a taste of freedom, still fresh in my mouth, a renewed hatred for work, and a strong suspicion that this is not what I should be doing, spending my life doing. That always makes me laugh. I was like, oh, you'll feel so much better after a holiday. I feel worse after a holiday because I'm like, that could be my life. But no, I, I feel better life. on holiday. Yes. <laughs> and then about halfway through the holiday, you start to feel like shit when you realise you've got to go home in a couple of days. You're like, oh, I'm just going to drink now. <laughs> on that topic, going back to work after a break <laughs> involves a few days of waiting to get back into the swing of things. Then... Eventually, you remember, you were never in the swing of things. Even before the break, there is no swing of things. The things remained unswinged. <laughs> it's so true. Like, I'm going to take it easy today. It's my first day back. I'm just going to ease myself in. I love that. As a, such a British thing to do, we always give excuses for anything and everything we can when we just come back. You know. Same way before you go on holiday. It's like, it's last day before holiday. Don't I ain't doing shit. nothing today. Yeah. Don't give a fucking <laughs> shit about it. That's always the worst day of your week. Every time. The first day back after a holiday is always the longest day of your life as well. But I hope that when I inevit- inevitably choked to death on gummy bears, <laughs> people just say I was killed by bears and leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> as your podcast partner and best friend, I... I- I vow I will do that for you, sir. Thank you so much. When I was in Colorado in 2018, my friend was taking me up the mountains. We were walking up and she went, just be careful because there's there's like wolves and mountain bears up here. I went, cool. So where's the car? Because <laughs> I don't want to walk anymore. <laughs> I wouldn't either. I'd quite like to go if that's okay with you. <laughs> I'm from England where the most scariest thing is a pigeon. I'm off. I'm from Scotland where the most scariest thing is a cow. So... <laughs> therapist look you need to stop doing weird things Tom all right going out might help me I actually went to the park today therapist oh there you go I hope you got something from that me opens the oh yeah this duck (laughs) I don't know where I saw that going copywriter at Taco Bell. <laughs> so, you are familiar with the hamburger, yes? Taco Bell executive. Oh, of course. Copywriter. Introducing the Chalubra Cabra. Taco Bell exec. I'm going to kiss you on the mouth. Do you find these things? I don't know. I don't know. I went to a fortune teller, right? Don't believe this shit. But the fortune teller was like, you will die alone in excruciating pain. Me, all alone. Fortune teller, yes, in excruciating pain. Me, so the whole house to myself, yeah? <laughs> Oh, I love that one so much. Somebody on Twitter thought this would be a great little uh, back and forth to have. McDonald's has the best Coke, let's argue. 
Someone then chimes in. I think you'll find Mexico has the best coke, <laughs> let's argue. Colombia has entered the chat. <laughs> I was expecting you to be like, no, it's those glass bottles. Not, no, let's go straight for cocaine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Licks finger and lifts the wind. Yep, a panic attack is coming. <laughs> Which is I wouldn't wish a panic attack on anyone, but if they were to announce it by doing that, fucking bravo. That'd be great. It'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Right, I'll give you a couple more. The A in my name stands for angel sent from heaven. I mean, I'm pretty sure it stands for, stands for anger issues, but all right. <laughs> oh. oh. Oh, a couple more. The last one, gold. The last one is fucking gold. Text message conversation. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm watching a movie. Oh, sweet. What's it called? Killer Sharks. Oh, what's it about? It's about a horse that wants to be a singer. <laughs> the fuck do you think it's about? In my mind going, if there's a film about a horse that wants to be a singer, I really want to watch that. It's, it's called fucking Killer Sharks. Of course <laughs> it's about Killer Sharks, you fucking moron. <laughs> you can tell that is some like lonely guy trying to like talk to a girl like, so what's it about you doing? Yeah, 100%. 100%. They just started dating or something. Yeah. Jamie Westwood, this is going to be one of my favourite journal entries that I've ever had. Massive shout out to Jess Ward for this former guest because okay. this was one of my favourite things I've ever read. This is about to blow your mind because I was like, holy fucking shit. Nobody. So what's your favourite paradox? Me. If you ask Rick Astley for his copy of the movie Up, <laughs> he cannot give it to you as he will never give you up. However... In doing so, he lets you down, thus creating the Astley Paradox. Shit. <laughs> no way to win in this situation. Nope. How fucking amazing is that? That is incredible. <laughs> That's so How good. I really want someone to ask him what he'd do in this situation now. We, we need him on the show. Yes. To be fair, I have tried before. We never heard anything back. But Just for that reason. I'm going to try again. We need to find out if he'd give you his copy of the movie up. I'm going to put it in the email. So we need to discuss the Rick Astley paradox. And you should be like, I've been waiting to discuss this. He probably has no fucking clue. Or goes, <laughs> you guys are mental. <laughs> no. <laughs> but that was another edition of Tom's Journal. No stupid entries this week. Was I not? No. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm That's quite surprised. That's a long time. I know. That I think was fucking glorious. All the stu- Thank you very much, mate. All the stupid shit comes out of Christmas, clearly. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was all my New Year shit there. So, yeah, decent. I'm happy with that. But now I just want to hear, watch a film about a horse wanting to learn to sink. <laughs> I knew you would. I thought you'd want Flamingo Star Wars more, to be quite honest with you. To be fair, fuck it. Let's make a trilogy. <laughs> yeah. It's all intertwined them all into one terrible film. Birds, <laughs> your prey.
It's about getting into schools and talking to young people because, you know, I, I know that people can change. Uh, and, it, and it's about talking to people and getting them to understand and perhaps step back from violence and, and prejudice and whatever. And we just need to work together and keep on the good fight there. Absolutely. Hey there, guys. We are ecstatically happy to announce that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. The times are changing and with the unfortunate death of Sophie, those changes have made a massive impact for the future. If Sophie was with us still today, I can guarantee what you are doing will still be reaching so many lives of young teenagers, young adults and those who wish to be as different as possible. So thank you very much. To find out more about this incredible foundation and all the work they do, and more importantly, how you can help, head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com. Mr. Mama, Mama, Mr. Mama, Mama, Mr. Mama, Mama, Mr. Steve Evans. Nice. Nice, Jamie. I love it. I actually had to turn my throat there. I wasn't doing that for a fact. <laughs> Jamie, 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 Jamie. It's audience participation time, time, ta 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 time, time. Participate, participate, <laughs> bitch. For the very last time. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to participate in Jamie's participation challenge. It took me till you were almost done with the first one to click on what that song was. I was like, I know this. What is it? What is it? It's um, Alive by P.O.D. I finally got it. <laughs> I also did a shit version to begin with. <laughs> it just wasn't clicking. I was like, I know this. What is it? <sighs> anyway, this week I said, you know what? We love our listeners, so we want to learn more about them. This week we are asking, what is a fun fact you could tell us about yourself? I'll see you, Mr. Stevie. Do you have any fun facts? Not really. Uh, I took Mark and McIntyre to his car once. That's something that happened in 2008. Yes. Before he became absent. No, 2000. Yes, 2008. Yeah, it was 2008. Uh, I can't think of anything. I don't think there's anything fun about me, to be honest. <laughs> Every fun fact about myself, I thought I was like, no, I've already told that on the show. I've told that on the show. I've told that on the show. I don't think there's anything I... about me these lot don't know now. Yeah. Um, no, I can't think of anything. I generally, I generally can't. Mind you, I should have put. I can't even speak English. That's where he goes. One for you. Um, I should have prepared. Is what I, should, I was going to say. I should have prepared for that part. Yeah, I couldn't. Like I said, I couldn't think of anything. I was like Big Mac in layers. We've discussed that. Pictures of Jet in his sock. We've discussed that. I was like, yeah, pretty much covered everything. Let's get some audience answers because we got some fucking great ones for this. Well, you got some great ones, yeah. <laughs> Lydia Manson, former guest, friend of the show. 
I won third place in an applesauce wrestling contest. I even got a trophy. America. What is that thing? Applesauce wrestling. I mean, sounds great, though. Stacy Morris says, I used to be able to burp the alphabet. Why? Why do people think that's a cool thing to do? I don't get it. To say it normally? I... Oh, do you know your NBCs? Well, to be honest with you, mate, only if I burp them. <laughs> I don't know if my but I need to burp them to know what it is. What's the 50th letter of the alphabet? Hang on. <laughs> That's what bothers me about it, because people do that weird, wretchy, horrible sound oh, before each yeah. letter. Like, uh, I just like the fact that it used to be able to. How is that a skill you can lose? Come on, Stacey, practice. You can get there again. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry I love King. the idea of him rocking up on fucking Britain's Got Talent. <laughs> Simon Cowell's just, please stop. Please, for the love of fuck, stop. I think someone's actually done that. Anyway, carry on. Wouldn't surprise me. Jerry Keane. I've met several celebrities. I've met Les Dennis, Tony Iommi, Clint Eastwood, and Robin Williams. Oh, he's met some amazing people as our Jerry Keane. Clint Eastwood's cool. Clint Eastwood's very cool. Yeah, but Robin, obviously. No, no. That's why I say that on the last. Joe Smith, I've met the king, and he praised me up for homeschooling our kids. <laughs> which, yes, which is pretty fucking cool. I like that. He wasn't king at the time. <laughs> Ruby Goodwin, I talk to myself while I'm sat on the toilet. Thanks for sharing. That's actually phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to hear what that conversations are like. I can respect that massively. I really can. Like, fair fucking play. I play games and talk to myself when I'm on the toilet. <laughs> but, like, I love that. I love the idea of, oh, it's taking a while. <laughs> oh, Jesus, it feels like it's going to be hefty. <laughs> I might go to I might go to Morrison's later and get myself some, some melon. Yeah. Fancy a honeydew. Yep. Oh, here it comes. <laughs> Is it a running commentary like that, or is it looking a really good day today? It's been all right, isn't it? Yeah, we've, we've got a lot done today. It's like, what sort of conversations? Marsh and Phil have a burger for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Becky Westwood, I talk to animals like I'm a real Disney princess, as if they're going to talk back to me. They don't. Yeah, she does talk to animals. No, they don't answer back. <laughs> <laughs> what they... would you do if that actually fucking if your rabbit just went right what's <laughs> what, you, what the fuck <laughs> I better put this weed away Jesus Christ <laughs> I have always wondered what animals think when humans just start talking to them do they understand well it's like what are you saying like we don't understand them so yeah weird David Richards this is a fact that I told him about himself about 15 20 years ago I look like Brodus Clay he does look just like Brodus Clay. <laughs> Nina Hewitson. I have a black belt in Aikido. Fair play. Oh, wow, that's cool. Remind me not to fuck with you, Nina. <laughs> Graham Arnold. This blew my tiny fucking mind. I've been in an arm wrestling contest with Arnold Schwarzenegger at a Comic-Con. It was a draw, but I think he might have been being kind to me. I think he might have been. Yeah. Wow. And I once had a staring contest with Patrick Stewart, and strangely, I got a headache after it. Like, okay. What? 
apparently, I mean, if... go on, go on. <laughs> I was gonna say apparently that was a red carpet premiere in Leicester Square for uh, for X Men Two. But how? I mean, Patrick Stewart is is an absolute legend of the highest order. Oh, yeah. And I think I probably would have had a conversation with him. Yeah, just said. But still, you know, that's cool. I can see that's how it happened, though. He saw him as like, I'm going to talk to him. <laughs> just couldn't speak. <laughs> I mean, I'd get it. I get it. <laughs> Lloyd James, I once did a poo on a display toilet in B&Q. <laughs> I was three or four at the time in their shop with oh. my mum and dad. <laughs> yes, sir. I was waiting. I was waiting for that. Like, what do you mean? As in jackass style, or were you a child? <laughs> a member of staff suddenly came running up to my dad, shouting, "Is this your son? He's sat on one of our display toilets." <laughs> <laughs> Fucking brilliant. <laughs> Lisa Clemens, seven is my number. I was born in sixty-seven. Seven years after my sister, I've had seven addresses. I've got married seven years after meeting my husband, and we had our first year child seven years after that. Likes to do things in sevens, apparently. I like it. Oh. Helen Barrett. I saved singer Howard Jones from catching fire on stage in 1982. That is so fucking cool. <laughs> Which, weird enough, I was talking to Becky's dad about Howard Jones last week because he said, I'm go and see him in concert. He was shit. Who is he? <laughs> He's just an old singer. I don't know anything about him. I couldn't tell us oh. anything. But Helen actually attached a picture from a book of his talking all about this actually happening. It's absolutely amazing. I'll put it on the screen. It's absolutely awesome. But fair play. That that's that's a that's a, that's a claim. I like it. Oh. Now I got there's three here that I want to put at the end, and I'm really struggling to choose an order. So I'm gonna go with Paulie Dobson first. I've exposed myself from lightning from the gladiators at her own behest. 100% true. I met her in a nightclub in London many years ago, and she wanted to know if I had any other piercings. And I couldn't just tell her because she said she actually wanted to see it. So I showed her. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I was having a conversation about Prince Albert's earlier, and it made me feel quite ill. Yeah, um, do it because the idea of it just makes me. I'm feeling a bit weird now. Thinking yeah. about it, but that's also is that awesome or is that weird? <laughs> I, I think see. that's actually kind. Of, I think that's kind of she asked. She asked. So she consent asked. was there. She asked. So that's awesome. Like <laughs> it, it. Like someone went. Can I see your cock? <laughs> Why not? I mean, if Lightning from the Gladiators asks you, who are you to say no? Like, come on. It's got to be done. It's got to be done. <laughs> oh, fucking claim. That really made me laugh. Two more for you. Mally Malpass. I have two brothers named Jason. My grandparents were first cousins. I won the under-12s Umbongo Limbo competition at Butlins when I was nine. Phenomenal. I like how that bro I love how he's broken them up like in, in different levels. My father married my auntie, so my cousin became my sister, and my aunt became my mum. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, and also I have a black belt in kickboxing. So let's not challenge him on any of this because he'll kick the shit out of us. <laughs> we love you, Ali. And last but not least, 
because it's just fucking glorious. It's my dad, isn't it? It's Tom Stevens' dad, Darren <laughs> Stevens. I'm from Yorkshire with a thick Sheffield accent. I'm not a Didar, as most as most portray people portray like my fuck. I can't speak as most portray people like myself. However, I fully endorse the sketch type portrayal of people from my local, as I find it extremely funny. My fun fact is that my son takes the piss out of me and folk like me every fucking week, Darren. Every week. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's true. It is the best accent, though. It is. It is a great accent. It can't be helped. It I don't think I appreciated helped. it enough until we did this show, and I just realised just how fucking good it is. It is great. I think it was voted great best accent in the UK. Really? I'm pretty sure it's up there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's sexiest thing, is it? By a thousand Americans, it's got like nearly like seven billion people in it. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I'm taking it. I don't care. I thought you were. you got to grab onto whatever you can at this kind of point in time. Fucking right. We haven't got a lot, mate. We've been talking since fucking Sunday. That was about four weeks ago. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Oh, anyway. Thank you to absolutely everyone that participated in Jamie's Challenge this week. It was graciously appreciated and we always thoroughly enjoy Always thoroughly enjoy, so thank you so much. But, but of course, if you enjoy the Chronicles of Podcast, if you if you if you listen to the weekly, don't forget we've got 116 other editions that are available for you to go and check out. We are all over social media at TCO Pod. Whatever social media platform, we're on it. Chronicles of Podcast or TCO Pod. And obviously the main one, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at the Chronicles of Podcast. Hit the bell to get notified when new videos are released and comment to your heart's content. So let me recap real quick. All social media at TCO Pod and the YouTube at the Chronicles of Podcast is where you can find us. Wonderful. Before we get out of here, let's say a massive thank you to a few of our friends. Every single piece of music you've heard on this show today is brought to you by one man, Mr. Matt Roberts. Follow him on all social medias at Matt Roberts Music. Tell him we sent you. And of course, we have to say a massive thank you to Mr. Braden Barry and his SayWeCanFly.shop. Head on over to SayWeCanFly.shop. Have a look at that beautiful apparel, those albums, those signed photos, whatever you like to look up, add it to your basket, enter that discount code, The Chronicles, and get 10% off your order. And of course, last but not least, a massive thank you to our friends at the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. They're stamping out prejudice, hatred, and intolerance everywhere. If you're not familiar with Sophie's story, go check it out now. Follow them on all social medias and find out what you can do to help this fantastic cause. And last but not least, a massive thank you to this handsome bugger right here. Me again? You, you've spoiled me twice in one show. Okay. Jamie Westwood. Another absolutely unbelievable show in the bag, Jay. Indeed. Absolutely wonderful. Dustin, thank you so much for spending the time with us. We graciously appreciate it. It was great chatting to you. But as for this week, we'll see you all next week for the Chronicles of William Morgan. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.